Conversations about stuff. That's important. All the stuff. All the stuff. With the you know, with 1960s Japanese politics in the background and how that's somehow relevant to all the stuff that's yeah. going on. We have, a, we have a great way of letting history repeat itself and the cycles just get a little tighter every time they get a little closer together. Oh yeah. It's we're we're teetering to be for vendetta levels at these days, but yeah, it's nice to be back on talking during movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lighthearted conversation you kids have come to expect. Not yeah. only oh, you got a Stella going, nice. I got a big Stella today. Big I have Stella. Stella and I have a Red Bull because I am a little tired. I um, I've got a thirsty goat local beer. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm a little tired as well. I had to get up early, take the wife to the airport. The uh, the kid and I are running solo, so. Oh, that's fun. Working, entertaining her, making sure she gets her homework done. I'm almost surprised stuff. she's not watching this with you. No, she's she knows how I'm very strict. It's like um, it's your bedtime. Your mom's not yeah. here. No, she's like, yep, no, I understand, Dad. Whereas well, that's good. moms were like, we should call Dad one more time. I'm like, it's too late. Go to bed, <laughs> you little knucklehead. Uh, I will recommend, this is one of my like Henry the Babysitter go-to films uh, for young girls, just because it is very fun to explain how a giant butterfly uh, can beat up a giant radioactive lizard on the regular, like no big deal. So it's, you know, and fairies and all, you know, this, the movie we're watching is very, I remember as a kid, this not being one of my favorites, but over time, this is at least one of my top five favorite Godzilla films. And actually it might be in my top three favorite all time Godzilla films as well. This is what happens when LSD meets Godzilla. Kind of, maybe, I don't know. Like it's, I'm, have you seen this one? Have you seen Godzilla versus When you sent it to me, I watched it and I was just like, and you know, yeah. so I, I I watched it and I, I was getting into it, and then uh, I was like, hold on a second, and I went and uh, grabbed uh, about 150 milligrams of THC edibles. Nice. Ate that, waited for that to kick in, and then hit play again, and then it was off to the races. I was like, this is amazing. Yes, yes, man, that is a wonderful way to watch this film. I am. Oh, that would be nice. I... As I'm just going to drink my Stella a little bit harder. 
Just like yeah, I know. Godzilla versus the thing is a very it's that I will say I like it's you know what? I will stand by it. This is definitely one of my top three films in the Godzilla franchise. Um at least now I sit here being like being the monster podcast host that I am. I'm sitting here like, okay, maybe top five. It's def it's definitely a solid like four. Definitely one listing. of the tops. Because that uh tops, it's in. Yeah. 100%. It's definitely in the tops, and it's just it's just the third act, which we'll we'll talk about when we get there. Because third act is a very, you know, it's it's an interesting third act. It's 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 a uh, victory that you would not expect. It's uh, you know, let's wait till we get there. Yeah. So yeah. let me see here. I got the website up. I sit here being like, do they even know what movie we're watching today? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> folks, we are watching Godzilla vs. The Thing, the 1964 English dub. I am also going to be honest, I am going to have a little cheat sheet on my end because there is a wonderful book um, called The Crit Critical History and Thermography of the Godzilla Series by David Callett. And he made like... I will definitely say David Callett's writing is probably one of the things that really helped uh, with my foundations of looking beyond what these movies are service level and all that jazz. Um, cause I'll be able, cause obviously I wouldn't be able to know it off the top of my head, but this film, the film's plot is due to something that, and I thought it was relevant because we did Godzilla 1954 last time and we talked about, Japan and its history and all that jazz. And it's interesting that this film continues that trend of having a message that an American viewer wouldn't get right away, but it actually is a very, like when this movie was being made, a very interesting ha thing was happening in Japan. And it is commentary on America as it always is. Uh, <laughs> and just, you know, capitalism. Just it's, <laughs> it's interesting how it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes how we, um, how we protest or, or, raise, or raise awareness exactly inside the facilities that created the opportunity to raise awareness. You know, it's, it's, this, it's this known cycle that people are like, oh, I can't believe they're abusing this system. It's like, this system was set up for them to do that. And you're like, yeah. well, oh, man, you know, this leveraging capitalism to take down capitalism is awesome right i mean it's, it's like yeah i'm gonna make a movie and tell you how dumb this is and if you all buy into it fantastic you literally bought into it with capitalism telling me how awesome it is we're gonna overthrow capitalism i i used to i laugh i used to teach an entrepreneurship class and one of my favorite students brilliant brilliant kid if he listens to this i'll be so happy because i i miss him terribly he was one of my favorite experiences as a teacher in the uh nearly six years i was a teacher um smart as a whip this kid but we were teaching entrepreneurship and he you know he's a very self-proclaimed socialist he, you know all this jazz like he he's very left-wing um he found a lot of comfort in me because I would like understand his concepts and everybody else was like, you understand what he's saying? I'm like, yeah, because like I agree with some of these stances, but as an educator, I obviously cannot <laughs> preach some of these things because these are incredibly radical concepts uh, that, you know, could be misled and all that jazz. And I laughed because teaching him entrepreneurship was like the best, worst thing to ever happen to me as a teacher 
because I would talk about entrepreneurship and I would talk about, uh, you know, how it works and all that jazz. And he's like, but Henry teacher, like, and you know, he's a, at the time he was a junior in high school and he's like, Henry teacher, but isn't capitalism kind of set up to fail? And I'm like, yes, but I cannot talk about my first, I have to do what the state mandated literature is for, for this. Like we can have that discussion because like, then everybody was like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, like, think about it. Like, where does your money really go? And then it's just like, well, I was like, pick a company, any company. And then like, it's these kids in South Carolina, they're like Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, cool. When you buy Chick-fil-A, some of that money goes to pray away the gay camps and all that stuff. And then, you know, or like if you look at Amazon, like Amazon's health benefits are based off donations from their customers. It's just a, yeah, it's it's a smile like it's a very like you sit here and be like you're, you're full of shit, but then you like look it up and you're like oh god like just um actually do are you familiar with the good place? The good place, yeah, the show. Um, yeah, the show. Yeah. Did you did you see the episode when they revealed like how less people were going to the good place? No. Oh man, I don't like. It shows my point exactly. And I, I'm sitting here like, would you mind the spoiler a little no, bit? No, go ahead. I don't care. It's fine. I think you'll like it. So they talked about like in the old days, if your mother was sick and you went and bought roses from her at the market, you got points. You got like five points uh, for being good. And like, but then it's like, but look at the modern day. It's not as cookie cutter anymore. Like, you know, you buy roses at a florist, those roses were probably harvested in Mexico by people who are not being paid. And like, you know, you having those roses shipped to New York caused all this environmental damage because of the gas and all that jazz. So you lose points because technically you're doing bad. And I couldn't stop laughing because it, it is this whole thing where we do look at like the actions of our consequences and things like people are like, oh, we don't have the power or whatever to change. And it's like, you technically do. Like I don't buy Nestle products because Nestle uses like slave trade in some uh, situations. Um, but it's like, and you can Google this or, you know, you can come at me, you know, tweet me at it came from a <laughs> podcast if you want to challenge my thoughts on this. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a time and a half for sure. Um, you got to deal with something real quick, bud. No, no, we're good. We're all good. It yeah, is we're good. all good. Hey, so are you, is the movie playing for you right now? Uh, no, it's not. I'm about to press play if you want me right. to. Yeah, press play. Um, and let me know. I'm doing what I did last time because I can't watch these movies without the score. No worries. So, yeah. They've got the when, wind scene blowing in the background. Which one? Which one? You've got the executive producers and all that, the names going over. I'm at the James H. Nicholson and Samuel S. Uh, Samuel, I can't read, with glasses on. Yeah, we're Samuel close Samuel Z. Arca, yeah. yeah. We're pretty close. We're within a couple of seconds. So, all right. you love the scores of these movies. Why, why, why is that? What, what is it about it? Well, we talked about this a little bit last time, but yeah. like, it's one of the other reasons why I love it, because it's iconic. Like, this is... Godzilla's theme like this is the same music we heard in 1954 and like over time this has 
evolved. And like, as you saw at the top of the list of starring, Akira Takarada, like he was in the 1954 film. He was the actor who was the, uh, the other sea captain who was, I'm describing, he was the love <laughs> interest. He was the love interest. Um, uh, you know, the main character who like had the girlfriend and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible fan, but we've talked about him. I sh- we had a picture of me with him now, but uh, rambling. But with the music, it's just like, it's like this, especially with the Godzilla versus the Thing score, because Godzilla is very science fact kind of thing, very science fiction. But Mothra is a very mythical creature. So this music is interesting because it kind of blends those two concepts of this like science reality and this kind of mysticism in the modern world. And it's fascinating in my opinion. Um, so, and it just gets me pumped because like I hear that cue and I'm like, giant monsters about to come out of the ocean. What more do I want right now? I know, right? It is, um, it's interesting, you know, they, how they, you know, they've got, female scientists. I, I, I'm always trying to look at different things that different countries do better than we do in some areas, like, like in some ways yeah. recognizing women and their talents and what's going on and listening to them and professional settings. And it's, um, it's interesting to see because you see you know, you've got this lady and she's with the military there. And, you know, outside of MASH, you know, you weren't seeing that in the U.S. if she, if she wasn't a hot nurse. Well, I also like that our female lead in this is a photographer, like yeah. a, a brand, you know, sparkly to the world photographer. Um, I also want to point out like that whole opening sequence was entirely miniatures. And I think that like, this is still all miniatures. And I think that's fascinating. Like it's all miniatures. That was all miniatures. That is wow. an entirely miniature, like Edge Super Superai who did in 1954, he just got better and better. But yeah, like there's Akira Takarada, uh and then the woman hold on using my little cheat sheet because japanese names are fun uh da, 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 uh yuriko hoshi um you know they make a great i don't know it's like this really weird thing because she is treated kind of like an intern yeah but she's listened to like you know she's the one that progresses the plot which i think is really interesting um but it's also just like, also, yeah, the Hitler stash is a weird thing during this time too. And like mm-hmm. that apparently is supposed to also showcase like capitalism as the bad guy because Japan's trying to distance themselves from history a little bit. But I like how, you know, this film is literally opening up with this natural disaster. And the first thing that we see is the guy who owns the land being like, uh, nope, we're, we're fine. We're yep. going to be building our businesses. Everything's great. Like, yeah, he's like, the story's a lie. Fake news. And it's just like, really? I mean, but look <laughs> like at Fukushima, though. They're like, you can move back now. It's nice. Grass is a little greener, a little thicker to cut. But there's some hefty animals running around. Wouldn't eat them right away. I mean, it's just every country. Yeah. It's- uh, the only one who's the, the only countries that don't are the ones who just have big, barren, desolate areas. Canada, yeah. Russia. Russia's like, I still wouldn't go to Chernobyl. 
But right. I mean, a tourist, we'll do a tourist trap for you. <laughs> Drive you around there. It's. Did you ever do just, that tour? Would you ever go which, to Chernobyl? Never been to Russia in that whole area. Would you? Would you do I it? would be interested in Chernobyl. Like I, I personally really want to do Hiroshima and Nagasaki one day, but I also feel like I emotionally couldn't handle it. Uh, to be honest, like that's it's it's heavy stuff for me. Like thinking about it, because it's like especially nowadays where everybody's talking about like history and stuff and like, well, that wasn't me. I didn't make that call. But, you know, after studying these films and like learning more about this culture and stuff and like no American president has officially apologized for it, um, which is an awkward, like, but then, but then people are like, well, of course you can't apologize because how else was the war going to end? And that's, that's the horrible truth. How else was the war going to end? Japan was going to go down with the ship yeah. at that time. That like the war ended because of those bombs, but like, oh, and again, here we are with more of the like modernism of Japan and its culture is like, these men need work, but they are too afraid of the egg until the Shinto priest does a blessing. Yeah. Um, and I, like, it's just all these blurs, but like going back to Hiroshima, it's like that thing where it's like, we haven't done it. And then you also got to remember, Japan still has not really fully apologized for its world tour during the Pacific conflict. Um, you know, and we've definitely talked about that in the last episode we did together, but it's, it's just interesting because like the period of time this film is in is when like Japan was finally coming back on its feet. And it was now like one of the most powerful economies in the world Yeah. within like 10 years. Um, it's just, it's just a very fascinating experience. Also, it's just fascinating that this is, uh, th this is the fourth Godzilla film, but this is still not where Godzilla is the main character of the <laughs> film. Cause this in the Japanese version, it's Mothra versus Godzilla. This is a Mothra movie. Um, you know, and the movie before this was the first colored Godzilla, which was King Kong versus Godzilla, where Godzilla yeah. again got second billing. Um, because Godzilla, this is this is actually the last time we see Godzilla as the bad guy, uh, in this in this in this era of Godzilla films, for sure. But what do you think of this egg, by the way? Now that I know that you've seen it, well, you know, so I mean the the special effects aren't that special. You know, for but for the time, I'm sure. No, it was, for the time, it's groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking. Um, you know, uh, I'm more interested in what. Well, I wonder what they did with it after, because the way it's painted. Yeah. Did, I, did they leave it there? Like, I could see Japan leaving it there and doing a park around it, and well, uh, you know, making it some cool little hip place to go and get your picture taken. And <laughs> well, what's funny is like that's what eventually happens in this movie is what they try and do. Um, before going into your question, I do like this scene uh, because, you know, he's trying to get the, sci the scientists to give questions for this. And then he's like scolding her being like, oh, you're doing it wrong. And he's like, da, da, da. And then she comes in and she's like, just one question. And she uses <laughs> her charm. And then like, then she's like, you got, see, I love how she hits him. And then of course the question is, will it explode? And I'm like, that's the question you cho chose? 
that's the question and then here comes capitalism walking in Uh, um oh man it's uh it's 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 interesting the uh both sides you know and you see it in film you see it in history you know we see it today but you see both sides and they're so um they're so adamant about their side, right? Like, you know, the, the guy on the beach, he's, he's there and he's got his little Hitler stash on, right? And he's, he's already plotting and planning what he's going to do, what he's going to bring, what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, you see it repeat and just dig and, and, but it also, it just, it never stops, right? I mean, we don't, we also just don't stop that person as well. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird cycle to see that and know that exists but then and, not stop it. And that's, and you know, that's the big question for today. And again, this is why, as why this might not be as powerful to all, everybody who listens to the show as Godzilla 1954 is like this film. The reason why I asked, like, could we also do this one to follow up? is just because like the cycle was here like the cycle that we're in was seen in 1964 in Japan. And it's one of those things where I've talked about like how people now are starting to realize like, Oh yeah, we actually can stop the cycle. Can't we? Cause that's like, you know, 2020, everybody (laughs) just. Hindsight is 2020. If you want, if you choose to keep it in focus, you know, I, I just, um, I had this uh, exchange with um, with a friend of mine. It was so weird. She was sad about this uh, monument being torn down in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I just pulled a couple of quotes from the the man who's the monument. He was a Confederate leader. I said, you know, when people say things like this. I don't think they deserve statues. Yeah. You know, and she goes, well, he was, you know, he just wasn't a racist. He was a pretty good guy too. You know, and, and I replied with, and Hitler was Time Magazine's man of the year. But that is yeah. He get a fucking statue. Right? I mean, he did, but we tore those down. We took those down pretty fucking quick. We're like, and yeah. nope, 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 nope. So then this guy chimes in and uh, says, yeah, I guess we should have just left them all in Africa then, right? They'd be better off there. Yeah, leave them in Africa. So now, I mean, I just... Henry, I'm a child and I can't leave it alone. So I reply and I said, listen, honestly, that hood looks so good on you. It brings out your eyes and you can really see your hatred. (laughs) I just, oh man, I just. And he was just like, oh dude, he got upset. And so he shows me a picture of two African-American gentlemen in t-shirts that say black lives for Trump which if that's what they believe, okay, I'm not mad. I'm like, great. Um, can you please add them into this conversation and show them what you just showed me? Or is this just a Google image? Yeah. Pulled. Because once again, we're not talking about Trump or what's happening right now in America. And no one's got a monument for Trump up. He probably has got one secretly being built in the bunker. That's what he's checking on right now. Right. But, right. you know, it's like, no one brought that shit up, man. So stay focused, you know? And by the way, I shared this with some of my friends who are African-American and they would love to meet you. Right. That's what I, in fact, I'll fly you out here. I, it's, it's one of those things. And like, it, what's even creepier, just looking back at the film, 
again, to showcase the cycle, the bad guy is being controlled by someone else yeah. for profit. And then the fairies get introduced, and then the scenes get weird. Also, the, the fairies are played by the Peanuts. They were actually like real pop stars in Japan, and they were <laughs> twins. Um, so this was oh, like a cool. cameo. Yeah, no, they, they were a very popular band at the time. That's why they were the fairies. But like, no, it's, it's stuff like that you were just saying. Like, it just reminds me of growing up in South Carolina. And it's one of those things where like, uh, so as you know, because of COVID and my current personal crises and just how everything is, uh, everything from it came from a monster movie, the podcast that I'm on because I'm Henry the host. I don't know if we actually did former introductions, but here we are. Here we are, 15 folks. 15 minutes in. The, 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 the uh, professional is the one who's talking right now. He's Henry the host. Yep. The guy who just rambles and for somehow you guys still listen, that's Jason, the guy who should take some notes on how this is done. But, uh, but uh, da, 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 da. it makes me think, like, I, I uh, her first appearance will be next month in July. Uh, she is this fantastic cosplayer who I actually started following because she made a Mothra Priestess cosplay. Um, her name is Haley, and she's MothChildCC on Instagram. Super cool person. But she's also from South Carolina. And she is just in the same place where I am at um, because we've grown up with this in South Carolina. Because I know you grew up in bumfuck Montana and I, and I know what bumfuck Montana is too. But it's also this other thing because everybody's like, oh, Charleston's so nice. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, look, I grew up in Charleston. Charleston is nice. It's a very beautiful place. But this is what living in Charleston is like. It's going to be two weeks of fun in the sun and sudden charm. And then that third weekend you're in Charleston, you're going to be at a bar and there's going to be some guy slinging a beer and he's going to look at you and be like, you know what was a good idea? The Confederacy was a good idea. And you're just like, why are you saying that? Why is this a thing? And it's just, and like, what's even worse to like get really serious into it? That church shooting that happened a few years ago didn't surprise me. Everybody was so surprised. I was in Korea. This was front page news in Korea, by the way. Which, oh, I bet. Yeah. Which was super, like, I just was like, guys, like, I'm, I don't need to go to school and see, like, my hometown in the news across the Pacific about a guy that I'm pretty sure I went to high school with shooting up a black church. Jeez. And I, I, I had lunch with my coworkers that day, and I almost... This is actually the day I realized my coworkers and I were not going to fully get along is because one of them is from New Eng in the New England area. And she was like, I can't believe it racism like that exists even today. And I'm like, I can. I grew up there. Like, yeah, this is like, by the way, a woman got beat up for complaining that the South Carolina State Fair was selling shirts that said civil rights for Southern whites. Like, you know, that's a thing. Um, you know, I learned so many colorful languages and just all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. Just, it's, it is just exhausting the list. But I was like, this doesn't surprise me. And she's like, well, I've been to Charleston. And I'm like, lady, I grew up there. If I am telling you 
and like you know i'm trying to explain it to people and then they're like oh well you know it's like uh you grew up there so of course you're gonna look down on it because like everybody's like small town i'm like no the talk to me when your hometown started the civil war you know like you know the first shots were in charleston harbor like go fuck yourself like i'm sorry like when people are like oh yeah my state's pretty redneck and i'm like go fuck yourself like yeah i don't mean listen we're just montana's (laughs) ignorant right they're not they, they but you're cowboy don't. ignorant. That's like a whole other world. A whole ignorance. other world. That's why that's I don't a wild. That's <laughs> that, that, like, cowboy no. ignorant idiot over here. You can just be nice to everyone, and not know the better. And then, you know, my grandfather, my great grandfather, Grand Wizard KKK out of Winder, Georgia. It's that's like, fun. Yeah, you go see them. Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, we just ran this black teacher out of town, and you're like, you guys are. I mean. I knew that was despicable as a kid. I didn't want to be a part of it. I didn't want to be a part I just, of any of it. As a kid, you just, it's, and so it's like, if you know that inside of you as a child, how much harder do you have to work? How much more hate's inside you and how much harder do you have to work to really overcome that? And what's worse is, and like, what's even funnier still is like, we kind of see that, we kind of see that in this film as well. Cause like right now, the three main characters are talking to the Mothra fairies and they're saying like, our people, this is like our holy icon. And we want to prevent chaos because like it's an egg, a monster is in it. If it hatches, it's going to want to eat things. Like they're pretty much saying like, we, we, we're doing this to help you guys out. But then of course, like the capitalist antagonists are trying to like buy the fairies or sell them. Um, the fairies are supposed to, you know, come from a culture and like one, as weird as it is, uh, the infant island natives are a weird kind of black face for Japan where it's kind of like, because it's Filipinos. Oh, it's okay. the South Pacific. Like, um, I love Mothra's Reveal. Sorry, I just love that tune because also like, Mo- this is Mothra's second appearance in the film and the first Mothra film was this very crazy Christian allegory film, which was super good. I, I highly recommend the original Mothra, but um, sorry, I got so excited. No, it's Mothra. all good, brother. It's all, but it's, what, it's, I'll tell you what, I, I tell people, you're like, you know, we were talking about this after the Godzilla thing. I'm like, Dude, I, I love these and doing it with you because it is, it's a different, it's a different passion, right? That you see it's like, it's so when I'm like, Hey, go listen to his podcast. And then I get messages from people going, dude, he's really passionate about my, like he knows a lot. There's, I go, there's preparation and work involved with Henry does. Like that, you want to learn about movies and, and get engaged and know what it's like. It's like, you want to know, you want to go talk about Westerns? All right, well, listen to, it came from a monster movie. Why? Because you're gonna have to see it. You're gonna have to, that's, you have to do that plus. Right. We actually do have a Western, uh, Jurassic June, season one, Valley yeah. of Guanji, which is just pretty much Cowboys and Dinosaurs, one of Ray Harryhausen's last films. It's fantastic. Cowboys um, and Dinosaurs. Oh, it's great. It's a great film. Uh, we, got, we gave it a high mark. Um, but like, of course, like I've been just hopping over the place because I realized like why I was bringing up South Carolina was because I was kind of like preaching about my friend who's Ma Child CC because like, I said, 
all our episodes are pretty much recorded and like jason your episode doesn't come out till the end of september but like at the time we just knew covid was happening yeah. and the world was opening up and things weren't as crazy as they are presently um and it's one of those things where i actually had to recently make the announcement on my instagram being like hey if you're wondering why we're not talking about certain topical matters in our episodes it's because i went crazy and i recorded all my episodes within like a month like i've got everything finished um so if you're wondering why i'm not saying anything on the show this is why but you know also guys um starting uh this month of june uh from now on half of all our profit we make on our t public store half of it goes to a charity or a fund for black lives matter nice um, but like it was interesting because i had Haley on recently for one of our halloween episodes for the werewolf uh ep themed episode which is super fun we did a uh, red riding hood which was a super exciting Ooh. experience um and it was funny because I messaged her and I'm like, are you excited about this episode tonight? She's like, Henry, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm like really nervous because like, I'm just so upset about what's going on right now. Because like, what people don't realize is, and like she brought it up today, like if you want to talk about all the fucked up shit that's going on about everything that's happening, um, you know, she's a white woman. She's she does a lot of fantasy themed cosplay. She's gone out in public with her swords and no one's really like batted an eye with her decked out and stuff because of stuff. But like there was a cosplayer who was black and he had a plastic sword and he was posing and he got shot by the cops. Jeez. He was a cosplayer. You know, it's, it's this whole thing like where we sit here as entertainers struggling with like what what can we do um and i just sat there like she was like henry i don't know like i just feel like i'm gonna get really political really fast and i'm like girl i am so down for a werewolf and politics episode <laughs> like <laughs> like i am so okay with doing it and what's really funny is when red riding hood comes out we actually got surprisingly political because even that film had slight commentary about what was going on what what's going on now like it was mind-boggling because we all sat there being like no like one of my monster movies cannot be relatable to the current events just i want one of them to be not relatable but they all are they, they you no know how they, much they all are it's that you know one it's that fantasy theme analysis right it's it's brock reedy's approach to uh, storytelling and and how it hits themes uh, and how we find ourselves reinventing and, and looking at art and seeing it differently as we age yet the theme stays the same but but our view our fantasy our recorder changes right that's well i mean and i just realized what's happening in the movie right now where the fairies have left because our, our human characters have tried asking politely they're trying to raise like news updates and stuff about the egg and mothra's plight and da 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 but they just get ignored and the fairies are like, look, if you're not gonna like really make any real change to like help us out, we're just gonna go. Yeah. And like, we'll, we'll clean up this mess when you guys are gone, like when it happens. And then like, you know, then the next scene is literally the fishermen trying to be like, where's our money? Like you, we gave you rent 
like we're letting you use our land where's where's you know where's the funding that you were supposed to give us and then he's like oh you'll get paid on opening day <laughs> and it's just like you know you sit here being like it's like i had my buddy uh from canada on the show recently and oh canada oh oh well, canada well he was laughing at me and the other americans on the episode for the korean film thirst because he's like we're all talking about like oh man our stimulus checks are starting to dwindle a little bit and he's like my government's been giving me one every month since this happened and i'm like fuck canada you know i mean <laughs> wonderful <here>. bastard here's <laughs> like, the thing canada's <laughs> awesome until you live there yes so, right? and then you learn about their some, some native yeah, fun. A little aggressive on that side. A, B, uh, some of the things that sound awesome, all of a sudden aren't really. And bad. then, of course, the uh, rampant drug use in Vancouver. <laughs> I'm all for that. Let's just keep Vancouver green as shit. All right. Oh no, really... not that. Not that one. It's the heroin street. Like, oh, it's, the heroin. It's, there's, there's yeah, like that's... a. That is, in my conspiracy theory, my man, that is the government saying, hey, do you like what we did with crack and the inner cities? Yeah, right. Hey, white Appalachia. Yeah, you people, you no-vaxxers. Here you oh go. Oh, my God. This. I just realized they're talking about stock in this. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's too soon. <laughs> like, there is, they're talking no, about means... stock. They're talking about stocks before a natural disaster. <laughs> Uh, was, was I talking with you? I'm, and I apologize if I, you know, but. And then he talks about the news isn't doing anything. <laughs> oh, dude, they're just like, and what's going on? What do you want to do about this? How do you want to manipulate this to date? But it's, it's yeah. interesting, right? Because what, what you do, what you see here, right? And what we are seeing is that we have, we are um, living in that world that we're told not to live in, which is to serve two masters, right? And so what we've figured out now for the second time, what we have figured out, which is quite amazing, and that we're still surviving, figuring it out twice, seeing it, is yeah. the way we've built our economy, it does not function properly if we want to help people socially, right? So COVID-19 happens, things shut down, we need to help people socially. What does that mean? Well, it destroys the dollar, the bond market, it destroys savings, it, it shuts businesses down, like all these things happen. And then we see the true inefficiencies of our government, which is that because of some good things like privacy and the way that we don't hold information, right? The government can't yeah. just put it, can't just give us money. Good and bad on that. But we see the inefficiencies of what a republic is where you get some big laws from up top, but, and especially in a Republican-led republic, right? Yeah. They just look and they go, hey man, your state, bitch, your, your state. You're the mayor, you got your mayors, you got your, le your problem. It's, it's and, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you know, looking at all of those, it's, 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 it's seeing that in those, in those, in those pieces, right? And then watching it just continue to repeat itself and think, man, maybe, just maybe, we can figure out a way where we can have a thriving economy that actually builds and lifts people up properly, right? Yeah. And 
you know, obviously that's, that's hokey and idealistic, but I mean, it's, we know that this model fails because we keep seeing it failing. Well, I, I agree with you because like, you know, when I came back to America, I lived out of my Prius for three months traveling the States and it's one of those things where the thing that was most mind boggling is like, no wonder why we can't get anything done in this country is because the country is just so fucking big and it's so like towns. I mean, you live in Texas, like your towns are different uh, wherever they are. Like South Carolina is the same. New York's the same. Everywhere's the same. Like you could like, I'm in Irvington right now. And I can see the city, but Irvington and Manhattan are completely different. <laughs> just like place, not just places, but mindsets, yeah. like completely different places. And it's just one of those things that I feel like a lot of Americans are like, yeah, we're American, but it's like, but we're so culturally different. Like an American is, you know, it's, it's kind of like bringing up a joke from our viewing of Cab in the Woods. It's like comparing an elephant to an elephant seal. Yeah. Like, they're not the same. I will also say in like about 10, 20 seconds, I'm going to shut off because one of my favorite scenes from the Showa era is about to occur. I love this part of this movie. I love this part. Oh, you muted a bit, bud. I, I, muted, my, I muted myself. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I just no had to tell my daughter goodnight as she's looking at me looking like, I've, I'm just not tired if I just watched one more show and I'm just like, mm, no. I, mean, I, sit I already here let being, you. I, I already let you. Being like Henry the Babysitter, be like, maybe just watch this. Yeah, just get a little Red Bull. You can watch four more shows. It'll be really good. Right. <laughs> Sometimes, you know what? I mean, I let her stay up a little late. Uh, we got to have a fun little dinner tomorrow night. We're doing breakfast for dinner. So. We got stuff rocking and rolling. So I, I ease up when mom's out of town, but then there are also times where I kind of put the brakes on things. I also will note, because we were just talking about it. He's like, I'm a scientist. You need to let me look at the land. And he's like, no, you're stopping production. I'm not going to let you hear it and do your tests. And it's just like 2020 COVID crisis right there. Like, yeah, listen I mean, to me. Everything's no, like if you shut me down, then I won't make money. And then, sorry, I'm just so excited because, like, this is just one of the best cinematic moments of my Shake life. Shake it off. Shake it off. I just, Got it. I love it. Like, I love when she's like, I want to take pictures of it, but the land keeps moving. And then we see this amazing set because, again, these are all miniatures. That's the amazing thing about them all being miniatures. That's crazy. Yeah. And, like, what's even crazier is, yeah, guys, Haru Nakajima who was Godzilla in 1954, he was buried under the sand in that suit. Like, that is him literally rising out. Like, the tail is being moved by strings. Like, I, I hate ruining it, but, like, it's just such a beautiful scene, and it shows Godzilla as this, like, forced... You know, people are still scared of Godzilla at this point. Like, we know what he is. And, like, what's even crazier is, like, um, this suit... Uh, it's now more streamlined than the original 54 film. So, um, so they could this, go, what, eight minutes in the suit instead of two? Well, yeah. Uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> the total weight of the suit was 200 pounds. Oh, shit. Uh, being inside it, temperatures could reach 130 degrees. 
uh, Nakajima, on average, would shed 20 pounds per Godzilla film that he was in. Oh, uh, from just bro. the work he was doing. And then, like, there are actually are, like, little holes in the neck for him to see. Um, but, like, everything's pretty much hidden. Like, he can't you know, and this was the streamlined suit. This was the suit where, like, they're like, let me tell you what we've cut off this bad boy. All right, you're going to be amazed at the gas mileage you're going to get with this Truckster 2000 Clark. It's going to get you across the country, no problems. Yeah. Like, this is streamlined. I'm still losing 20 pounds. Well, what's funny is um, this suit, because, like, right after this movie was made, they made the next one. Like, because this worked. Because Mothra was a monster that everybody loved. But this is also when Toho was realizing that this is around the time when kids started to like Godzilla. And this oh. is around the time when Japanese superheroes started becoming a thing. So they kind of wanted to start... Like, this is still when Godzilla is pretty much, like, a primal for... This is still when he's what I call the hurricane. Yep. Um, you know, he's just wrecking stuff to wreck stuff it's wonderful but in the next film it's just good it's just good time it's fun it's 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 the dream that everybody wants to have just to be in a monster suit and just push buildings down all day i have a question for you and this might be a a different lane but go for it it seems like monster movies cosplay japan and then thinking about the other ways that Japan and even Asia Pac does things is, I mean, theoretically, maybe move cosplay. I don't know when cosplay started. So I just put it in because of the theatrics of, of costume. Mm-hmm. How much influence does Japan have on wrestling, professional fake wrestling? I personally probably cannot answer that. But if you do want to know, there actually are like Japanese giant monster wrestling shows and stuff. Yeah, no, I know. That's why, but I'm like, but we're just hillbillies in tights trying to bite each other's noses off. And then it seems like Mexico came up with, um, with, with their very special um, mask. Yeah, luchadors and stuff. What's that? The luchadors and yeah, all that? Yeah, like, but, but they have a very special place in their culture, not like the way, you know, do we, we yeah. treated it like we treat Cinco de Mayo. We're like, great, cocktails. And they're like, no, something special to us. We're like, exactly, cocktails. Thanks, we're awesome. Oh, I will also note, because um, I, I, I have things to say about it, because I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> this scene that happens, we're like, Godzilla stumbles into Osaka Castle. I think that's Osaka Castle. That that is an accident. Cause Harunikajima like slid and then he felt the set and just decided to smash. Like, How did the camera guy catch or the camera gal, whoever, catch that shot? Well, because they had all these cameras. They have all these cameras around. Like, cause they want to make sure. Cause the other thing is like Eiji Subaraya was a perfectionist. Like, if he felt like a building didn't fall down properly, they would rebuild the building. Uh, t- so he can make... Because he wanted to make sure that it was realistic. 
he he wanted to make sure that like like you've been noticing these are not these are all miniature sets um also this scene is uh not in the original uh japanese cut uh this was made for the american audiences that's why there are randomly americans in it yeah just just the american like we're here to help blow more shit up pretty much you know shut the fuck up because like we said in our last episode (laughs) japan america had to be the good guy not the thing that created japan's greatest atomic horror but what's funny is like honda actually was like oh i actually like because they shot this like when it got came over i think i there's a note on it in Callet's book but like when they shot it they were like oh you know what we'll just uh we'll just put it in we'll just uh we'll just squeeze it in uh because it was a commercial success like they really liked like yeah uh yeah uh in Callet's book he says in americanizing the film aip decided to build its promotional campaign around the sense of suspense regarding godzilla's opponent uh so that's why they changed it to the thing uh so people didn't know it was mothra oh. <laughs> before going in i just thought it was um, lazy shitty translations i'm not gonna lie no. and i was gonna say that in a little bit i had a joke uh you, you really i actually it. The Godzilla, the Godzilla versus the Thing poster is one of my favorite monster movie posters ever, because uh, it shows this very stylized lizard-like Godzilla. But then there's a box, like a uh, like a, a a square cube that writes like, "What is the true enemy of Godzilla?" And it's like Ooh. got tentacles and claws behind it, so you don't know what it is. Like it's one of my favorite. Dude, that's posters. awesome. Like it's one of my favorite all-time favorite posters. And also, um, if you did that today, it would be a collectible, right? I mean, because that's cutting-edge thinking. That's that's amazing. I mean, I have uh, I have a very cool stylized poster of it in my bathroom in my apartment in Charleston, um, and I love it. Like it's 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 a great I'm, it's a great poster. Like if you haven't looked it up, go look it up. Um, but like. This scene was made for the American audiences because we had to be the good guys in this. Um, I just I think it's funny that America's like, do you have a bully problem? And the country's like, yeah, maybe. And they're like, good, you're about to have a mafia problem. Bring in the troops, right? <laughs> they're like, so... do you like the American currency? What is that? It's in it's your country's currency now. Don't worry about it. It's super cool. It's easy. You're gonna love it. I mean. It's just, By the way, it's freedom's just, the best as long as you do what we fucking say. Yeah, well, like, because that's and that's the big thing about this film that it is addressing, um, which is oh, where is it? So, again, in Cal's book, and like I said, if you want to know more about the Godzilla series and its later, David Cal's book is amazing. Like, it's one of my all-time favorite books. It definitely helped me curate like how I want to look at these movies. Um, but with Cowett's books, he talks about, um, oh, where is, it? I thought I had it. Yeah. So, uh, at this point in Japan, like after the war, um, by 1968, Japan's economy would be second in the world, which is, inc- it, which is crazy. Cause like after the war ended, Japan had no economy by sure. 1968, it was, it even surpassed like it was surpassing everyone but America at the time. Um, Japan's economy grew at 11.5% between 1947 and 1952. 
um, what could they say when it was growing at 10% or more every single year? This was the fable economic miracle. Akita had Akita, who was the prime minister at the time, had pushed the fast forward button on its life itself and the century's worth of gradual progress and development was compressed into one crazy decade. Uh, progress is never without cost and the transformation of Japan into one of the world's most formidable financial powers meant raising the ancient traditions and societal conventions. Average Japanese citizens were torn between the glories and benefits that this miracle would provide, but also the sense of loss that came with it. Um, which this is what that this film is exploring and why again mm -hmm. Godzilla is the science in the modern age and Mothra is myth and legend and it's a clash between those two ideas and like you know Honda who did this film and the original Godzilla film would eventually do a horror movie uh, that almost got banned in Japan called Matongo which we've reviewed on the show and I've How actually done it and weird does your movie have to be to get banned in Japan because I have watched some Japanese it almost got, it almost got banned in Japan because of uh, like one could watch it now and be like oh this is really cheesy but if you read into it like all these films so Matongo which is a movie I've reviewed on my show I've also been on the Kaiju Apostle um, my friend David, who uh, does theology studies with Godzilla, and it's super cool. Um, actually, his episode on this is what made me like really start to appreciate it and why I love the upcoming sequence of Infant Island, because um, he brought up a very interesting point about Mothra's goodness, which I think is something we should aspire to. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, da -da 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 -da, I was talking about all this stuff because... Because why was I talking about this, Jason? See, this is this is. Awesome. I got distracted by the turtle. <laughs> I love that phone turtle. Phone um, turtle will distract you. Because this, like, you got to remember that, like, they're like this island was bombed. All mankind is like they're like. I just love the line that she. Everybody's like, oh, this is science progress, blah blah blah. She's like, no, mankind is responsible for this. Not one nation, not whatever. Mankind yeah, right. is yeah. responsible for this. I like. She's I, the one. I'm that's sorry. Just I like, just, uh, sorry, I just no, no. It's, it's, I'm sorry. I was I was just thinking. It's just, it reminds me. This movie reminds me of the Albert Einstein quote. I don't know who's going to win World War Three, but World War Four will be fought with sticks. Yeah, and it's like this capitalism. We're going to get this. How do we turn this on this? What happens here? You know, all these compromises and all these other things going around. Be like, oh, that place was bombed. Everyone's dead there. All these very sometimes pragmatic and all the wrong places kind of moves are designed to put us in a place where I almost buy into that crazy theory that there were beautiful, amazing cultured societies before us that failed. Right. And then, you know, the hundred now, probably more than a hundred, let's say this life cycle of humanity's lasted the longest, right? So let's say there's, out of the billions of people on planet Earth, there's a million people that have the structure of a Joe Rogan, Tim Kennedy, David Goggins, right? Yeah. So that's now, we know that when Yellowstone explodes. Which it might do this year. <laughs> listen, 2020 is like, we're not done, bitch. And I've got quite a bookend for you. <laughs> do you like New Year's? Positive? Oh <laughs> How, how excited are you to bring 2021 in? 
I'm oh curious. man are you yellowstone excited <laughs> i a, gonna be i laughed that uh applebee's is gonna go yeah i'm yellowstone excited and some uh, witch is gonna go abra fucking cadabra I laugh because I was watching The Simpsons the other day and they made that joke because then like when they do the new year, they have yep. like Maggie go down and Grandpa go up. But then a few episodes later on into 2020, Grandpa goes back up and he's like, wait, you want me back for 2019? It's like everybody <laughs> would collectively be like, yes, we want 2019 back. But I now realize where my train of thought was going about Matango, which is a movie that Honda explores more into this concept of East meets West, modern mm -hmm. whatnot, is Matango's movie about Japanese culture on a boat. It's like Gilligan's Island on shrooms. The quick and easy way to do it. Like, <laughs> by by the way, sounds now I want to now I want to meet the skipper, Mary. Right. Well, um, the movie the like, they get stuck wife. on an island. There's radiation. There's not a lot of food, and there are these like mushrooms and. If uh, eventually it's revealed, if you eat the mushrooms, you turn into the mushrooms and you experience things. But it's a, it's a movie about allegory about the corruption of the West of Japanese society and blah 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 temptation and the all. It's it's just temptation. The movie. Um, Brought but what's very fascinating? McDonald's. The reason why it almost got you're right. The reason why it almost got banned though is because as uh, they explored radioactivity and. They were very graphic on the showing of um, human to mushroom monster. Oh, and, okay. Um, the in-between process is what how people look during the Hiroshima Nagasaki bombing. It's like what I said in '54, Godzilla's skin is supposed to represent a burnt victim, and Honda made his monsters in that, like the in-between process, to show that intensively, and that was very uncomfortable for Japan at the time. That's why it almost got banned. In America, the movie was an okay hit. It was known as Attack of the Mushroom People. You can watch it on Prime. Attack um, of the Mushroom People. God, our translations are dog shit. Yeah, but... Um, don't do a good job. I mean, Matango literally translates to man mushroom. So, like, you know, take it as it is. I mean, but the, I, fact that, the fact that we didn't turn it into a, a level of one of the Super Mario Brothers games is just a testament to the, how far we haven't fallen yet. Right. I sit here, because I'm curious. <laughs> I, I really am, because it is one of those things that is, it's, it's, this, it's one of the reasons why I was really concerned and interested with King of the Monsters about how they were going to portray Mothra. Because okay. Mothra is a god. She is magical. She is a She's goddess not, of peace. Could you, I mean, because I was going to ask you this, right? I have a little note here. She's not a monster. No. No, she is not. She is But god. she's in the monster group. I don't understand that. That's Well, like, you know, because she's a movie monster, but that's, and this is the thing that you got to remember, because like, before, the, before Mothra, we had Godzilla. We had Godzilla raids again. We had Godzilla versus King Kong. We had Varan. We had Rodan. All these prehistoric monsters rising out of the earth because of mankind's mistakes and destroying things. Oh, sorry. The quote's about to happen. Uh, it's that quote. We can't trust you because your people have offended us. It's just, I'm going to just say it word for word from what's happening for the listeners. Get it, I think please. I th this is something that needs to be said because like, 
and it's a woman who starts this conversation. <laughs> Please listen, we do understand, but do not blame everyone of us for what has happened. The monster is killing everyone. The good are being killed as well as the evil. Are you gonna let innocent men die alongside of guilty men? You have no right to decide that. That right is sacred. My friends and I appeal to you with the utmost humanity. Our people aren't able to stop Godzilla. We would truly like to help you, but we need your help first. Refuse us and everyone will die. And then Akira Takarada goes, just as you distrust us, we, so we distrust others as well. It's wrong. We're all human. As humans, we are responsible to each other. We are related. Refuse us and you abandon your brothers. We must learn to help each other. And then it's just like, Mothra's like, that do be right, yo. Like, <laughs> but isn't that, that that last part is is the greatest truth right there, right? We've got to learn how to help one another. Well, and that's what's fascinating about this, because like even the fairies are like, you guys did not help us. Like we are the priestesses of Mothra, and you did not help us, guys. Like we we can't help you. And then their god is like, no, we're going to help them because they're right. Well, because you guys really need to learn to get along. Like, the only way this, we, any of this is going to work out is if people learn to trust each other and be there for each other during hardship. And, you know, it's one of those things where you sit here, it's one, like, everybody is on Twitter and there are videos and posts about all the things that are going on in America right now. And it's, it's rough stuff. It's really, really rough stuff. But at the same time, you gotta sit here and you can't ignore it. And like, it's one of the reasons why as a kid, I used to hate fucking Mothra, but I was a boy. I couldn't understand how this like girly ass moth butterfly <laughs> could beat up my favorite dinosaur. But over time I was like, I love Mothra. I think the fact that there is a giant monster who is the goddess for peace and she promotes kindness. She promotes humanity being the best for itself and not just for humanity, but for the whole, eventually she's like, she becomes the spokesperson for the earth. Like everything on earth should be like Mothra as like peace. And it's, you know, and it's funny because in the English dub that says we persuaded the thing to talk, but then it's in the Japanese version, it's Mothra who's like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm going to help them out. Uh, and it's sad because then we find out Mothra's dying and, you know, she's not coming back when she fights Godzilla. Like Mothra knows this and you sit there being like, it's, it's just one of those beautiful moments where I sit here being like, you're right. Mothra is not a monster. Mothra is something completely else. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, if you said, what's my favorite monster movie style, it's why I'll always pick giant monsters. It's because like, they're characters. Like Predator and Alien have 
personalities, I guess. Are but right, like you know, you know what Alien's gonna do. You know what Predator's gonna do. You know what the Raptors and Jurassic Park are gonna do, and all that jazz. But like when you watch these movie monsters, like these giant monsters, like Mothra is a puppet. But Mothra's conveying like, um, I mean, I sit here being like, I don't know if you get that too, but like Mothra conveys emotion. She conveys purity and kindness and just like hope. And like Godzilla is like, will later be portrayed as like eventually an anti-hero to a full-blown hero. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, like, in the next movie, it's even wilder because the next film's Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Uh, Godzilla comes back, Rodan appears again, and it's the Mothra larva, only one of the larva. And eventually Godzilla and Rodan wake up and they fight each other. And then Mothra shows up and the monsters talk to each other. They like sit down and have a little bit of a powwow. Jesus. And it's pretty much Mothra yelling at Godzilla and Rodan being like, so this alien guy, this alien monster Ghidorah has come to the earth and is going to destroy everyone if we don't stop him. And Godzilla and Rodan are like, chicks are fighting. (laughs) No, it, yeah, Mothra's being a mom, which is the best part, but, like, Godzilla and Rodan actually talk back to her, because the fairies are, like, translating the monster speak. Oh, wow. They call it. But uh, Godzilla and Rodan are like, humans suck. Like, we wake up and we get shot at. Like, why should we help them? And, like, Mothra eventually persuades them being, like, we're all of this earth. Like, you know, in this movie... Mothra tells humanity, we are all part of humanity. We need to work together. Mm-hmm. In the next film, Mothra literally goes to two of the most powerful monsters in cinema at the time and says, we are all in this together. Like, the past is in the past. There is a greater threat. We are all in this together, and we're only going to get out of it if we all do this together. And it's wild, because it's a puppet. It's a li- like you know what the Mothra larvae look like. They get worse as the Toho series goes on. My co-host Luba affectionately calls them turd worms. Like they are not pretty to look at. But the whole time you're sitting there and you're just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, nope. Mothra's right. We're all in this together. Like we're not gonna work out if we all can't get along. Um I like it though. I mean, but I also I like that part of it because you know what, sometimes a ridiculous statement like that, and I don't mean ridiculous in the Robin Williams, Patch Adams ridiculous sense. Yeah. I mean the ridiculous in it's so simple that I can't believe we're asking for it statement, right? In the ridiculousness of that, of that statement, um, it's best when it's given to you by Mothra. Right. Right? Because if she's like, oh, Mothra's larger than life. Mothra's not a person. Mothra's a god. If I'm going to put Mothra in the monster god category, she can say ridiculous shit that can make absolute perfect sense. And it's amazing. Now, the only, you know, the only big question then is the transition part, right? It's the, how, how do you, you get take there? all of this influence and all this stuff and how do we push it past the goal line? You know, one of the things that my greatest concern um, for uh, any movement, right, from what's happening right now socially to uh, 
gay marriage as 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 they fought to 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 be like it's a fucking piece of paper. I can't believe we're fighting over a piece of fucking paper. And what's funny is in the movie that we're watching, they're literally fighting over fucking pieces of paper. Yeah, just pieces of paper. They're, so you, they, but but you they, look at all of those issues, right? You look at all the you know everything in the powder cakes that happen. Here's our big issue that none of us do, and this concerns me greatly, which I you know I think. Um, political theorists are so wise in, in some of these areas is you have to... I mean, I'm going to interrupt you real yeah. quick for some reason. My movie cut out. Uh, keep talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause mine here. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, that, that, that happens, it's crazy in all of this is you know, you've, you've got these micro moments if you will and these and these opportunities and it's like where where do we delineate out of this right so for thinking about you know um what's happening in the world right now and 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 how we've seen this cycle happen over and over again well what's the one thing we're missing what's it's not just the call to action afterwards it's the call to our hearts and our actions right it's, yeah. it's the idea of oh wait a second hey you know what how press play again how are we we're at about 58 minutes or so right 58 i'm at 56 but okay it's hit play i'll I'll, I'll talk for a minute and then um, i'll hit play so but it's, it's a weird thing because you you see all this stuff happening you see, you know you know it's going to happen again and then you realize oh if we actually treated this like a relationship a real relationship a relationship we wanted to have every month we would look back and go hey so you know what we are going to support minority businesses. Hey, we are going to support um, gay rights in this way. Hey, we're, and okay, I'm glad you showed up for the march, but more importantly, like, how did you support it? So what are you doing that's different? How are you being a positive impact, um, not just in your, in your culture, but um, in, in theirs as well? How are you stemming both tides? And we don't do that, right? So instead, what we do is fucking Godzilla shows up, we freak out, we're looking for something, we're getting crazy wackadoodle information that we just can't wrap our heads around, which are simple things from Khalil Gibran to Jesus to Muhammad to anything, to Gandhi and everyone in between. Love thy neighbor as yourself. And you're like, holy shit, I can't figure this out. And then we pretend love for a moment so everyone calms down, but we never do the real work of building the relationship so that there's a there's a foundation there that we can actually move forward from you know it's funny you bring this up because today i was talking to my friend uh and i'm going to give a plug to her because she's a fantastic artist and she does a lot of the designs for my podcast lisa nafsinger because she and i were talking about again i keep i'll keep name dropping him because one I love him. He's one of the most influential men in my life right now. But David, who hosts Kaiju Apostle, does a mini series called Building a Bridge. And he gets fans of the fandom to talk about their experiences and trying to build that bridge between fandom and reality and all that jazz. And he had a, uh, a he had a very recently powerful episode with uh, a person named Faye. Um, and it's 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 a I would highly recommend listening to the episode. Um, it's a very powerful conversation 
about current affairs right now. Very powerful. And in their conversation, they talk about the fandom and like fandoms, fandoms get toxic. I don't, I don't know if you've had experience in science fiction fandoms or just fandoms in general, but they can get pretty toxic pretty quick. And like, Star Wars fans are bad. Like, some of them can be bad. Like, Star Trek fans, some Star Trek fans can be bad. And we've got the whole thing with fucking Harry Potter right now because, like, every Harry Potter fan is like, oh, these books make me so accepting. And then I'm like, well, the author of it hates trans people, but she's going to back it up with scientific fact, like, and all that jazz. And that's a whole bag of worms right there. Um, but uh, they brought up in the episode that fans need to get better at be, being accountable for other fans' behavior. And today, Lisa and I were talking about it because we made the joke where, like, Lisa is now the official dead mother of the Godzilla fandom, and I'm now the queer uncle of the giant, <laughs> of monster movies. Um, you know, safe places. Okay. Uh, can you not be? Can you be queer king instead of queer uncle, please? Can we just can I appoint you to king? I, no, I'm I'm everybody's uncle, but um, I, I'm a very uncle type figure you're not you're 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 mannered and you're calm even when you're upset and you have this tone that just draws you in good kings do that well i'll be the king of the monsters for a day i guess but um but it was funny because and i'm gonna i'm doing my best to be as serious as i can but man oh man i love this fight i just love the ridiculous. it's like how powerful are those wings let me tell you how powerful well, my wings are. You guys also remember that she is gigantic. Like she oh, is actually yeah. technically bigger than Godzilla. Yeah, um, just, Godzilla's just like, I can't believe how strong this bitch is. I don't is. know why it keeps I cutting out, but I'm gonna, you know, I know what's going on. I know what's happening. Um, I don't know why it cut out again. It's, um, all, it's all good, it's all good. But, but she, she posted on Twitter today, being like, jokes aside, we actually probably should make a core group. Because she and I were talking about it. Because, like, there is, like, in fandoms, everybody's toxic as fuck. But, like, no one's going to be like, hey, don't be toxic. Usually it's, like, hot gossip and, like, roasting people or, you know, not having the conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, recently, a Godzilla artist who makes really good work um one of my twitter friends pointed out like and he doesn't post it on his twitter but he like happened to look at his likes and realized that all his likes were about and the movie i got the movie to start playing again um all his likes were for stuff that's not good you know all lives matter stuff and all that jazz and you know he's like he didn't tag him he's just posted on his twitter and be like if you follow him don't follow him and like of course i'm like oh man like I didn't realize it was not following. Like for me, I was like, oh man, I thought I was following him, but I wasn't. But now I don't need to because I don't approve of that. But like, no one's going to, I don't know if anybody's like talk to him and be like, yo dude, like, what are you doing? See, that's the missing point right there. And that's, and it's what I brought up last time with the Henry Rollins thing, where when people talk about their fucking stuff, instead of shutting them up, you should have, you should let them talk. 100%. You know, we talked about that last time about my my fear of censorship is that I'm like, yeah, but you remove all these idiots. And I'm like, and you just give them their own private corner to go be idiots. They're just going to get angrier and louder. 
you know, that's what's going to happen if you tell people to shut up. And it's like, I mean, I sit here being like, if I told you to shut up on your own show, you'd get frustrated. And then you're going to talk louder because like, why should I shut up? And it's one of those things where, you know, Lisa posted it on Twitter and I was like, I will fully support whatever we do because it does need to happen. There are like, I don't know why, but there are a lot of rednecks in the Godzilla fandom. I cannot figure out why. Um, I mean, I can give you a good sound, hint. Not to sound awful, but like, there's a lot of sexism in the Godzilla fandom. There's a lot of racism in the Godzilla fandom. There's a lot of, there's a lot of not good parts. See, this is what Godzilla. blows my mind, right? Is that you bring that up and my mind goes to, there's a lot of art in the Godzilla franchise fandom. There's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of this, of, of, of maturation, of maturity. Like well, how many, let's, I mean, honestly, let's think about this. I can, I know of one, two, three, four. I can think of four. I'm sure you can think of others, right? But let me give you my four that are kind of in this maturity monster growth. So we have Godzilla, right? Yeah. We have Spider-Man, just because we know them, they're just from, you always know the story, the inception story. Here's how we started and here's where we're at. Some of these obviously aren't monsters. Spider-Man may be a little bit of a monster, but uh, more of an insect. Batman, a little bit. Batman, I've, I've, I've thought about then, it. <laughs> and, then, and then Superman. Everyone else is kind of interjected into one of these lives to create their own. But these are like seem to be like the pillars of monster superpower enabled its, if you will. Does that and, make sense? Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. And then like it was interesting because someone on Lisa's post was like, um, how would this be different from gatekeeping? Are you familiar with the concept of gatekeeping? Yep. And like we talked about gatekeeping on my show with Gamera Advent Legion because I had the amazing artist Sierra Keynes on. Luca's amazing. Her art is wonderful. Um, you know, she's great. And she did, she, she got a little famous in the Godzilla community because last year she did Monster March, drew the Godzilla monsters and they're phenomenal art. Just drop dead gorgeous designs. And then this year, because she draws, you know, and I'm like, Luca, if you listen to this, I hope you're proud and not, don't think it's weird that I'm describing her like this. But Luca does a lot of lesbian smut on her, on her stuff. And I'm all for it. I love every time Luca has her art on my feet. Because you're like, and like, I, I'm a I, 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 I came for the monster art and I stayed for the queerest shit lesbian art. Like, it's wonderful. But how, like how is that the, not honestly a poster at one of her shows? I I drew not as you, but she drew all the Godzilla monsters as women this past Monster March, and the designs are gorgeous, absolutely beautiful adaptations of the characters. Um, but what's crazier still is like. I, you can listen to, because I talked to her about her work and I talked about what's it like in being included in the fandom. Just like, it's really confusing because like some people like you praise my work and say like, this is amazing. But then I get like messages from people saying like, how dare I do what I did to the characters? Like, and it's really bizarro land. And like, 
you know, there's a lot of, you know, and then it's crazier still because my friend Sean McGinnis, who is this amazing toy photographer, cannot believe that he's my friend because he's one of the most amazing people I know. And I've been idolizing him for a while because uh, he got me in. He made me feel comfortable of being a Godzilla fan in South Carolina because he's a Godzilla fan from South Carolina. But um, he, he's been very political with his art. And I, I'm all for it, too, because Godzilla is political, as we watched in the yeah. episode and even with this one we're watching um like most Godzilla films have a statement to say about the current state of the world in a political setting but he's been like getting banned <laughs> from Godzilla Facebook groups and like kicked off because Why? people complain that his art's too political they're like I come to this this place to not think about politics and it's like Godzilla is politics yeah it's like then you know I mean that's ev- in everything we do, art, music, movies, two choices, right? Do you take the pill or don't you? And what I mean by that is, is do you really want to understand the movie and be a part of it? Do you want to get the culture, cultural significance of what's happening and then, and then see if you can adapt it and fast forward it to where you're sitting today in some capacity, right? Yeah. So you can, you can actually create real empathy and you can really create a, a real connection with the film. Because if, if you just watch this movie, sit down, hit play, let me tell you something. Here come the emails to talkingduringmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Those special effects were dumb. Uh, da, 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 da. The moth wings wouldn't move that way. The, I could tell that those are real ladies shrunk. Dun, da, dun, da, right? Because guess what? I took 2020 vision and I sat down and I said, here's a movie. I'm going to watch it. What I love about your podcast, what I love about talking with you about this stuff is, is that you don't give me a reason to watch something old. You give me a desire to learn about today by watching something that happened yesterday. I mean, and that's that's fun. And that's it's interesting and that's, and that's insightful. And what that does is then it allows you to do two things. One, unplug, watch it with my daughter, no political comments. How silly is this monster? Dad, how can those people be afraid of that silly monster? I'm not scared of it. Ha, right. ha, ha. Okay, that's a six-year-old watching it. Fantastic. Then you get to sit down and have a conversation with you and go, man, I can share my six-year-old story. We can talk about capitalism and, and economics and, and social justice and, and what is and is not happening, not only today, but how Godzilla- Oh, hey, the suit's on fire. By the way, the suit is on fire. That is Godzilla's suit. On really fire. on fire? That is really it's, on fire. So, that, is, that, is, that is a man whose head is on fire. Uh, like, just put, just, hot in here. just reminding just reminding you it's really? already almost like 300 degrees it's, <laughs> it's hotter in here he's he's making or 130 dinner. degrees sorry but like making dinner for the family it's a it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's the first sous vide uh and he tasted yeah. delicious by the way at the end of this movie he really was tender and oh. uh really good really really good but I, you know so you get all those things it's what, what's the opportunity right well we figured we figured out how to kind of create both you can come here and watch a movie and decide i'm going to bring in the henry jason perspective on this and then i'm going to sit down and watch with my friends and steal some of their notes 
or totally disagree and go, and these two assholes said this bullshit. Can you believe yeah. it? Which is fine because at least they're talking. They're having, they're, they're engaging someone else with a thought process and whether you're ragging on my thought process or embracing it, the fact that you're talking or addressing a different thought process means your brain's firing in a different way. It means there's opportunity for us to have a common ground in some place at some point in time where there's a need for uh, a common ground. And that, and that full circles back to where Japan's at as this movie comes out to where we're at now and to where we see our neighbors and everything else in, in the COVID environment, which is you have to figure out how to navigate space, understanding, and empathy. And then also in all of that, show caring, trust, guidance, and support. And we're not built for those two to be mutually exclusive. And in a COVID-19 world currently, it is. And that creates an environment that becomes very dark very quickly. And, like, and, and we have an opportunity, I really do believe, to change that by, you know, whether it's Shaw or you or my buddy Chris Howard or um, my buddy John Keeling or anyone else. Like on paper, just put our little, re our little human resumes on paper and be like, who, what two guys are gonna really get along talking over movies and they're going to be the, the, some of the top downloads. Who are they? Uh, a guy from India who's a, who's, a, who's a rapper out of Atlanta? Yeah, for sure. Let's get, no, no, they don't match. And Sean and I text all the time. Yeah. You know, Chris Howard from Louisiana, running back in the NFL. On paper? No. Darren, who runs an events company in LA. On paper? No. You. I mean, on paper? Like, oh, okay. Uh, 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 dad who's closer to 50 than you are to 40 or 30 right I'm, I'm four years away from 50 and i'm hanging out and i'm like i'm having the best time of my life chatting with you and enjoying everything that's going on a hundred percent because like it's one of those things where i mean same with my show like when people are like oh i don't like monster movies and i'm like then i want you on my show <laughs> like i'm sorry i don't understand like no you have to be on my show because like a lot of things are echo chambers these days. Like, and this is, and this is just like the whole thing, like going back to what Lisa and I were talking about this morning at the time of the recording and all that jazz. It's like a lot of people, like uh, I found out today, uh, someone on in the Godzilla community, this cool guy, Kaiju Groupie, listened to our episodes for Cordjira on Twitter. Nice. And he loved it. Ooh. Uh, he, he, and then he shared it. He's like, this is a very good conversation. Um, and it's really funny because more and more people I have learned are listening to it came from a Mox movie and they're just like, this is not what I was expecting. And I'm like, well, yeah. Cause like, and I love my fellow podcasters who do Godzilla concepts and stuff, but it's hard for me to listen to their episodes because it's like, I sit here being like, I know this, like I have this, like, I know this echo chamber. Mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, he was talking to me mm -hmm. today and he was like, I really like how you have actual scientists on your show talking about these movies. I'm like, yeah. Cause like, what's more fun than learning about squids from a guy who actually studies squids? Um, you know, what's more fun by 
hearing from these artists. Like I have, you know, my wonderfully talented friend, Sammy Amounts, who was on my Iron Dragon episode, but she's also going to be on our upcoming uh, finale for August of the 8th later this year. And she watched Kong Skull Island and we're not going to go into that episode because that episode is phenomenal. It's one of my proudest episodes I've ever done. But she, you know, my favorite part of it about it was her because she's like, am I going to watch this movie again? Never in my life. Am I happy I watched it with you? Yes, I am. Like, would I have ever watched this willingly without you existing in my life? No. Like, you know, but I'm happy, but she was happy to have the discussion. Like, because that's what I think is like, I went to a liberal arts school and I learned this thing about art where it's like, you know, it's art when you look at something and someone else look at something and you both don't have the same opinion about it. That's art. That is, that is a true art form. And I, I fully agree with that. And it's one of those things though, where you sit here being like, I fully agree with it being a different art form. But then I think back about, again, what I've been trying to get to, because I keep rambling and getting excited with (laughs) what Lisa and I were talking about was we talked about gatekeeping and well, we were talking about, we need to make like, we should have a core group of content creators and artists and people who are saying like, we, we need to make a, like, not a police, like, because we don't have like a Godzilla fandom president or anything, but we need to like make people kind of accountable for what they say. Cause like a lot of Godzilla, like, you know, I don't want to say all, but I know I could put on my fingers Godzilla fans who are racist, Godzilla fans who are homophobic, Godzilla fans who are sexist, Godzilla fans who don't want to talk about the politics of Godzilla. Like, you know, and I sit here being like, this is not the time to put your head in the sand. And what was interesting was uh, we got a comment on Lisa's tweets uh, being like, how would this be different from gatekeeping? And um, but I go like, and I just went like, you know, it's not gatekeeping for the fandom. It's more just being awareness of don't be a racist, sexist, and homophobe. Um, but then the person was like, uh, you know, how do we define, like, how do we define that? Like where, where it is. And this really great artist, uh, Rochasaurus goes, hate gay people and don't believe they deserve rights. Homophobe. Hates minorities. Don't believe they deserve rights. Racist. Hate women and don't believe they deserve rights. Sexist. Simple enough. And it's true. It is it's, one of those... it's true until you have some crafty son of a bitch on the other side, right? Manipulating words. And that's what turns people um, to those things. I would, you know, I, I think the, the best answer is I for who's the justice who said, you know, what you're, he said, what's pornography, right? Because right. that's, what, that's what Hustler wanted, right? Hustler, Larry Flint wanted a definition of pornography so he knew the line to go to. I gave him one. And the line is, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it, right? And in that world and understanding that, it's like, we obviously can understand and and know traditionally what racism was. And you can understand and know what racism is today and where they're different and 
where they're, you know, all of, all of the, uh, the accoutrements of failure that, that come with that pro thought process. But I guess my challenge would be, is, is it worth it to not gatekeep them, but um, highlight them without offering them education? So it's like, so it, it, I, guess, I guess the question is, it's like, instead of the response of, hey, is this gatekeeping? It's like, no, it is instead a method of saying, this is the group, wow. you're, this is the group you're in. Just so you know, this is the group you're in, A, so all these different nationalities, all these different, different thought processes on sex and gender, we're all here, right? All of us. That, and we see all these things differently. So the awareness is, is one, this is the group you're in. So if you don't like this group, the Godzilla for neo-Nazis is down the street and to the right, and there's two people in there, and you're going to have a great time. But yeah. for this group, this is where we're at. And, and, and it is about acceptance and understanding and not leveraging language or power or position to try to manipulate something that is going to come across as anything less than genuine about the passion and love for Godzilla and monster movies, right? And I know I I'm very idealistic here. I um, mean, I, something I used to do as a teacher is I... I actually, so I never believed in punishment for students. I don't think that works, but I de definitely know consequences mm -hmm. need to be made aware of. And something I started doing was it would never be a kid. Like if it was a kid, I would talk to them privately after class. But if a kid was loud or disruptive, or, you know, I'm spending so much time with my class to try and keep this kid in control. I'd be like, all right, whatever. Everybody is now getting it. And they'd be like, why? And I'm like, because you guys are a class. Like, this is, you guys see each other every day as much as you see your own family. Um, you're responsible for each other. Like, I'm here to teach. That is what I am here to do. And I am responsible for you guys as well. But, like, if you guys know the rules. Like I've had classes where like the kids go nuts and they talk over me and all that jazz. And I try it. And all I do is I pull up my chair. I take a seat down. I'll grab my book and I'll read. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll wait. I'll be like, okay, no, you guys talk. If you think this is what you're doing is more important. You guys do. I don't care. Like I, I could help. I could help. We could have fun. All that jazz. We could have a good day. But like, I can only give you guys so much. And it's one of those things where I sit here being like, you know, there have been, you know, literally right after our Godzilla episode, the following day, uh, like one of my friends got called horrible words in a private messenger. Um, not appropriate, especially within the week that last week was. Sure. Um, and what's crazy is like he kind of called the guy out. I made a post about it. And what's even crazier is people in the Godzilla fandom are actually defending him because they're like, oh, he's been going through a hard time. And it's like, yeah, does not give you the right to use the N-word, though. Ooh. Um, does not give you the right to do what you did. Cause and you can't deny what you did because 
my buddy, I'm not going to say his name because I didn't ask him, obviously, so I don't want to throw him under a bus or anything. But like, he, he's, he's a very near dear friend for me. He's like, I really like his work. He's a good positivity. He's a good young man. But uh, yeah, I, I, I shared the post. I was like, nope, this is not okay. Like, this is one of my friends. And all he did was post a piece of art for his girlfriend. And it led down to this path. That's not art criticism. That's just being a racist. Yeah, and people just... are like, oh, defending him. And then right after that, my other buddy, who has a great T Public store, uh, and actually this design is now on my T Public, uh, which is this like really cool, it's a Gamera monster called Barugan, uh, which is just pretty much like a weird, crazy chameleon that shoots rainbows out of its back. Um, but he made it like a pride icon. He made a oh, pride shirt for Pride Month. Super cool. And in Japanese, it says love is love. It's a great shirt. Someone comments, to, uh, one of his friends shares the design, and one of the people comments being like, why are you making this 1960s giant monster a pride icon? Like, who the fuck cares about this shit? Oh, see, those people go to hell. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. No, and I'm you know, just, I'm, like, like and it's funny because I literally had just posted about my friend being called racist, racist slurs. Done. And then I see that pop up in my story and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, Guys, I'm out, I have to, I now have to make like a homo, like don't be a homophobe thing. Like what the fuck? Like, why can't, I mean, goddamn. Well, Pennywise was a queer icon until everybody was surprised about how it chapter two started. And then I'm like, learned that, that was in the book based off like real things that Stephen King saw in Maine because Maine's apparently crazy. Maine's lit, brother. Maine is lit. Okay. Uh, but, um, well, from Stephen King's perspective, Maine is a terrible place and terrible things happen in Maine. <laughs> Just everything's awful in Maine. But um, it's one of those things where it just makes me so mad because my perspective of these, as I talked about in Gorgira, is like, I sound well-crafted, but I, like, I was born with crazy cards as a kid. I didn't talk till I, like, I said my first word at five and I wasn't properly talking till like seven or eight. Like, you know, my, my parents put a lot of work into me and I eventually fell in love with these things. You guys heard the comments my mom made on the other episode. Like, you know, this, this, I relate to these monsters because, you know, I had trouble talking. I freaked people out, but like, I learned that if Godzilla could be a hero, like, and not talk, like, why can't I, you know, it's one of those things, um, you know, a lot of my moral compass is based off these films and like, you know, watching Godzilla films, watching Gamera, watching Ultraman, talking about Moth, like how I grew from, you know, being a little boy who hates girls to now being like, Mothra's a fucking goddess, and if anybody <laughs> threatens her, I'm gonna, like, fucking go nuts. Or fight. We're like, don't... A, go fight. Like, you know, and I sit here, because we're now in the climax of the film, where Godzilla is fighting Mothra's larva, and is getting beaten by two worms that are just shooting silk. 
That's all they're doing, folks. It's pretty impressive, though, right? Because they're like little, they're like sniper soakers. They're yeah. like corners. They're kind of ducking and diving. You're like, wait, are you a larva or are you a sniper? Like, uh, bitch, right? No, but it's it's one of those, like, you know, as, and as a young boy, I definitely was like, I don't understand. Like, I sat here being like, I don't understand how this is leaning in their favor. They are just worms. But now I like sit here being like, no, this makes fucking sense. Like, this is, this is what Mothra does. Mothra can beat up Godzilla as a worm. But like, if you tell a lot of Godzilla fans, like, because a lot of people, like, fucking King Kong versus Godzilla right now is a hot topic. Because I sit here actually in the camping, like, I kind of hope Kong wins. Like, that would be kind of cool. Like, I would love to see that. Like, you know, I don't care who's going to win because I'm going to have a great time in that movie regardless. But like, but everybody's like, no, Godzilla will always win. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Godzilla has been beaten in like more films than he hasn't. Godzilla and Mothra has beaten is, Godzilla. Godzilla's like the Iron Sheik of, of wrestling, right? Just so close to the championship. Hulk Hogan's right there. Godzilla has beaten Mothra once. If they fight, Godzilla has only beaten Mothra once. So more like um, the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals. Our just, Washington General is Godzilla. Right? It's just one of those things where you sit there and it's just, it's just, it's just, it, it, it blows my mind because I, I used to be this person. Like I used to be that kind of person. Like I remember having those thoughts and thinking they were okay. But like what what blows my mind is like eventually I learned that like it's not okay. It's not okay to do these things. It's not. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do it. Um and it's like it's like that thing with the fandom and the big conversation like how like we're in a time where there are protests in the street, the system is not helping. (laughs) Everything's the mess. I mean, you know, before this episode, you know, CNN got a cease and desist letter from the current presidential whatnots because a poll they had on the internet had Biden leading and said that was misinformation for a poll, like a celebrity. Anyway, what I, mean, I, I will. So listen, I only because I love to play devil's advocate. I will say this. If there's any consolation, CNN, he had the polls wrong when he was running against Hillary as well. So if he says they're wrong. Yeah, no, it's. You've it's, been wrong so much, CNN. I don't even care anymore. I don't, I don't care. I'm just, but I sit here being like, what loop to dupe land do you think? Like, you yeah, no, it's. You really, can't send an email to a, the news and say, you're doing it wrong. And like, it's just so wild and you sit here and then I sit here being like, what can I do? And then I see like racist motherfucker, homophobic shithead, you know, and I shouldn't say these things cause it will incite stuff. It's not, it's not the right, it's not the right language to use, but at the same time I'm frustrated cause like I'm yeah. stuck at home. I'm going through my own stuff right now. I don't, nobody needs to be dealing with this stuff. This stuff should have been dealt with, but it hasn't. And I sit here being like, how can I best help? Jason, let's watch Godzilla versus the thing and talk about racism in America. Like, let's talk about I mean, the full, know, current I'll political t- climate. I'll tell you what, that, you know, what we're seeing and, you know, from the political climate to every, everywhere where we're at as, as a society, what we're seeing is, 
is two things, right? And I alluded on earlier, which is one, we don't have relationships with one another. We have consequences. We have truth and consequences. That's all we have. We don't have relationships. We don't grow, right? We don't. And then probably most importantly, um, on the change aspect, if you want to break it down, it's real simple. We don't vote locally very well. And we don't hold our local our local um, people that we put into office, we don't, we don't hold their feet to the fire like we should. You want change? Start local. I mean, you have to. It sounds hokey and it sounds fun, but let me tell you, it really does work because a lot of those people, they kind of move up the chain a little bit. But more no. importantly, all this power, all of this stuff, right, that we are, and every news agency does it, so I don't want anyone to feel like they've, Person been manipulated, they're not smart. And then God in the orange tan and the crazy hair doesn't have the power to do 90% of the shit that he tweets about. And the only reason he does it is because to him, it's fun and games to go, look, the news is saying I'm gonna do this when I don't even have the power to. And it gets everyone in a tizzy. And if we would just take a step back. And just ignore that fat fucker. Just be like, hey, man, we're done. And anyone else is like, I'm not, listen, you want to come over here and you want to talk about something that might have offended you? Great, I'm in. But outside of that, no, man, there's no place for this bullshit here. I'm out. I'm going to focus local. I'm going to focus on my friend group that extends outside of local that has this weird transmission of being completely different people and talking about shit and agreeing and disagreeing, but more importantly, having the common understanding that if everyone around us is better and healthier and living good, then we're a better society. Fantastic. Let's run. But in that run, it's easy. And trust me, I've been, I've been a part of it. I'm just a little older, right? You got to ignore the news, not ignore it, ignore it. You got to watch it, but you got to watch all sides of it. Not because you have indoctrinated, but because if someone you disagree with, you want to have a conversation with them, you might want to know their talking points. And more than no. likely, they're getting them from one of those fucking places. Yeah, you need to know, like, people don't know things. Like, no. we don't know anything. Like, pe- you know, a lot of people are like, oh, how do you know so much about dinosaurs? I'm like, I read a book. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I read things. Like, I, I have this passion for these movies because not only did I watch these movies and grow up with them, I've quoted a filmography book several times off my Kindle saying, go read David Callett's Critical History to Godzilla because it was one of the best reads I had after college. Like, and I only learned about him because I watched the fucking commentary he did on 1954. Audio commentary for my Blu-ray copy. Like, for the Criterion Collection. Like, I was like, this guy's saying some really cool stuff. I did not, like, I knew some of this stuff, but I didn't know how deep it went into. So I bought his book and I read his book because I wanted to learn more information. But people, like, people are like, no, I learned this, it can only be this. And it's like, the best way to Henry translate this, because I could ramble on about it, but the quickest way I can Henry translate this is, Dinosaurs are birds, and birds are dinosaurs. Don't come up to me and say, oh, dinosaurs went extinct. No, they didn't. They became birds. Like, they not just became birds. Birds are dinosaurs. Like, most sort, like, you know, you could say most non-avian saurians 
died. That's true. I could argue with some things, but that's a whole other rabbit hole for me. But birds are dinosaurs and dinosaurs are birds. There's no difference anymore. That is a scientific fact. You, you alter, you go into a chicken DNA and you turn on the, the, uh, the DNA that's off, the, the genetic makeup that's turned off because it's no longer needed as a function, you will literally have a chicken with teeth and claws and a tail. Like you can reverse, and it is completely possible to reverse engineer birds into, you know, everybody's like, oh, you'll make a dinosaur. I'm like, no, you'll just make a chicken. Like we talked about this last time. You'll just make yeah. a chicken that Oh, I've got my like Russian listeners going, oh, this is very interesting. Just, no, Henry, Henry, be... tell me a list of what I do to put teeth in chicken with big lizard tail. I just want but to like, tell my friends. We it's have T-Rex good. DNA. We have T-Rex DNA. And because of that T-Rex DNA, T-Rex tastes like chicken. That is a scientific fact, I can tell you. Because in that DNA sample that we got from Tyrannosaurus rex, the hemoglobin is almost identical to that of a chicken. So, and hemoglobin is what gives you the flavor of the meat you eat. Chicken, T-Rex would taste like chicken. Like that is a scientific fact. Oh, like, see, now you fucked with my brain and I'm going to have but, such a no, great but, time now. No, let me tell you, because I'm going to go to a restaurant and order a burger, bite into it, and I'm like, sir, how, how, how is your burger? Well, I'm not going to lie, the hemoglobin, uh, hair off. Yeah, hair the Hemoglobin off. does create, so obviously this cow was scared before it was killed. I can't have it. You're going to have to return this. I'll try the chicken burger next. But I mean, if I need to off again, uh, well, I mean, I'm going to have to go straight cocktails for like, free. Super fun thing to do when you're eating dinosaur chicken nuggets is realize you're actually eating dinosaur nuggets. Like, you know, that's every kid's dream is to like know that they're eating dinosaurs. This child out. You know no, it's the best. Is. But like that's... Hey, hey but Harper, that's, did you think that was a cute little chicken? You're eating T-Rex. Dinosaur. Right? But like, that's the thing. Like, everybody's like, oh, no, birds aren't dinosaurs because blah, blah, blah. No, that's not correct. If you read what is available, any paleontologist will tell you birds are dinosaurs. A seagull is as much as a dinosaur as a T Rex is. There is, it, there is very little difference anymore. Now, that's, are certain reptiles dinosaurs as well? No. And like, what's even crazier still is like, if you want to go yeah, down that I gotta, road. Listen, let me ask dumb questions, okay? No, it's fine because like, you sit here being like, you know, I, I sit here about to really mind blowing you. Dinosaurs are part of the archosaur family of animals. Archosaurs are reptile descendants. There are three members there are three tribes in the archosaur thing but what's really funny to put it simply think of them like pokemon that have three stages of evolution you start off with crocodiles okay those were the first archosaurs pretty much crocodilians were the first ones and then that family of animals eventually branched off into dinosaurs and then that branched off to birds birds and crocodiles have same behavior, same, they are, birds and crocodiles are more related to each other than a crocodile is to a lizard. Really? They, they are not. Wow. Like we put them as reptiles, but technically a, cro- a crocodile has the same, almost the same lung structure as a bird. Like, bir- and like what's even crazier still is it turns out there's, oh man, it's called the rise of dinosaurs, I think it's like the rise of the dinosaur empire. It's a great paleontology book. Um, I probably will write a review for it 
sometime soon. But like, dinosaurs got so big because they had the same internal structures as birds. Like, long neck dinosaurs, the Brontosaurus, which is a real dinosaur again, because it turns out there is a Brontosaurus and an Apatosaurus. Brontosaurus is a real dinosaur, folks. Read, read a book. Um, they got that big because they have the same lung structures as modern birds. That's because modern birds breathe really differently from us. We breathe in and out. Modern birds breathe through, which then allows, can allow, and like birds get to the certain size because it helps the flight. But if you are a long neck dinosaur and that's how you're breathing, you can get pretty big. Like that's how that works. Um, and it's like, people are like, wow, how did you know this? And it's like, I read a book. I've been in the field. I've done this stuff. Like I'm not make, why would I make this up? Like, why would I want to tell you that like, but then of course I get people who are like, well, dinosaurs aren't real. And if you've ever wanted to see me like get physically upset, that's how <laughs> you do it. Cause I, I can't wrap my head around like, I understand accepting people's belief, but it's one of those things where I sit here. It, it's like watching what's happening now. And like so, people. So answer me these questions, right? So I'm going to yeah. give you, because I've, I've heard one person kind of talk about this. And I'll be honest, my brain shut off quite a bit because I didn't want to get any dumber. So I was like, I'm going right. to ignore this part of the podcast and just like pedal up this two mile hill. And when this guy's done talking, I'm back in. I'm oh, good back job in. with all your bike riding, by the way. It's oh, thank you. Try, try. I got bad knees, bad feet. I got to try to do something. <laughs> I drink too much to not <laughs> try to stay in some sort of shape. But so one is, is that there, my, what I believe is misinformation, right? Is that there is this pinnacle time when someone decided that there was dinosaurs. Right, that's one of their arguments of the anti-dinosaur people is there's like a person decided, hey, there are dinosaurs and then dinosaur stuff was found. <laughs> the glasses are coming off. <laughs> I'm not saying I agree. I'm letting- No, I, I know. I, hmm. Right? And I bring it up because it's, I've seen, I've personally seen like and the cave paintings. I'm for this conversation. Right? Like I've, I've seen the cave paintings. I'm like, I think they're, painted a dinosaur here so did this shitty shitty painting come like i'm, I'm so confused i'm so confused right it's, how do you and they're like well that's not a real bone so therefore they didn't really exist i wonder and we'll bring this full circle right to the honesty the propaganda and the idiots all have their place in society, right? And Do right they? now, right now, the two people that are shining the brightest are someone with an agenda, the propaganda people, and the idiots who are like, let me tell you why that agenda's fucked. And you're like, mm, listen, I believe the agenda's fucked. And unfortunately, that puts me in the same swimming pool with you dum-dums, so I hope you fucking drown. However, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just the same fucking shit they've done the last hundred years. And uh, we're still not I, changing it. It drives me nuts with stuff like that. Because they're like, oh, yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard the whole, like, someone just invented dinosaurs. I'm like, well, that's how words work. Um, 
for starters. That's how words work. We invent them to describe phenomenon we are seeing in the world. For example, we had to come up with a word called phenomena to explain shit that happened in the world. Because before that, it was just like act of God. Act um, of God. Phenomena. Phenomena. Na, 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 na. I'll tell you what, every, every one of these people that have, those, have these comments, here is my stopper for them every time. The flat earther. Uh, in China, dinosaur. they grounded up dinosaur bones because they thought they were dragon bones and made an aphrodisiac? Nope. I just look at them and I go, let's remember all of this. Right or wrong, the brain named itself. That's how big the ego is between that thing between your ears. That's it's... how aggressive it is. It gave itself a nickname. Now, if you give yourself a nickname, you are ostracized in any group. The most accepting groups of groups, if you come in and go, my name, my nickname is Blade, start calling me Blade, they're gonna kick you out of your group. You know why? Because no one gives themselves a nickname, but the brain did. That's how egotistical the fucking brain is. So before you want to run down whether dinosaurs are real or not, why don't you figure out how the brain named itself, you smart motherfucker? And, and then I, I, I will, walk away. I will, I will sit here being like, the reason why we came up with the term dinosaurs was before that, we thought all these bones were giants. <laughs> Human giants. 100% accurate. Do you, know what, do you know what ammonites, you know the little shells? Do you yeah. know what those used to be called? Tell me they're molars. For... Satan snakes. I love it even more. Because they thought Religion that's what happened to all science. the snakes in Ireland. Religion has helped science more than anything else. Uh, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I sit here being like, I have faith. Like, I believe in higher powers and I have belief. But like, you know, I sit here being like, I did just kind of say that I want to believe in Mothra because Mothra is probably one of the best deities in the modern pantheon of belief systems. But it's just like this thing where I sit here being like, everybody loves a good conspiracy. Hollow moon, hologram moon. It's great. I love it. I love it so I much. Love I love the fact that there are people who hate the moon the so much. Yeah, the hollow earth theory. People thinking, oh, <laughs> that is a real, that's not a book. That's a journal for a real trip. Antarctica. Go it's down great. there. Try. Yeah, I love it. Like, it's great. Like, because sometimes it's just fun. It's just fun talking about. But then I meet people like I've met. In Korea, I met this guy. Uh, we were at a party and I was like, oh, I need to go for a walk. So he joined me and we were walking and the stars were great. And I looked up and I was like, da, 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 da. Like, how great is it we're out there? And he was like, oh, you're one of those people. And I'm like, Oh good. I'm in this, I'm in this. I am like, I already know where I'm going. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm already, like, because I'm like, what, what people group that I just got it's like I always laugh because people I always tell people, like, you know, you think I'm this like crazy conspiracy monster movie guy, but you know there are people who are like more into this stuff than I am. And they're like, there's no one who's more into this stuff. And then like I'll introduce them to like people in those groups. Like when my co-host Luba started meeting other Godzilla fans, Luba would be like, you're fucking normal. And I'm like, mm-hmm. It's not that they're bad people. I love these people. But like, you know, my parents luckily always told me that they're not real. Like monster movies are not real. So mm -hmm. like, I, I understand that and I have a life and it's great. 
you know, I encourage everybody in a fandom to have a life. That's not just what you like, like do something inspired or write, do whatever. Um, but, uh, he goes, I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, in truth, we haven't been to space. And I'm like, oh, great. The moon landing's fake. Like, it's a fun conversation, but I can tell from your tone of voice, you think it's a real conversation. Uh, and then he was telling me about how the space center is not real. And I was like, what are you talking about? That, Did he bring any sort of cocktails or drugs so to make what he easier? No. And what he, brought, what he did then start telling me about was how like the reason why CGI was invented is because it was a government tool to help us hoax the moon landing and all our space pursuits. Um, the Mars rover is not in Mars. It's in Patagonia in some fucking desert. Uh, we've never been to Mars. And I sat there being like, you know what's the saddest thing about this? If you are right, like I, I, I looked at him like, you know what makes me sad about this whole thing? Like, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong because I don't want to start a fight. It's one in the morning and I just wanted a quiet walk and you're here, so we're there. But I cannot say this without, because I don't want to keep talking about this route. How can you be someone who will sit there and think an achievement like, you know, you could tell, like, I do sit here being like, you can tell me the moon's landing is not real. And I can like kind of nod my head because sure like who who the fuck knows during that time period because that was a weird ass period of time i think it happened because i would like to think humanity got to the moon like that's the thing that i don't get it's the whole like you know i sit here being like how can you not want us there because that always brings out the best in us yeah i mean you gotta look at it two ways right the orion belt coming through that radioactive would have destroyed the film I, I do 100% believe all the shots we got were pre-recorded somewhere, right? But just, because, just because of film and radiation and traveling through space. Just, just the very yeah. simple architecture of how we took pictures. And that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. That means that we had a real quick realization, right? Oh, wait, there's a lot of shit happening up here we didn't think about, we didn't know about. Um, but you know, I also, I love to rid people like my buddy, Mike, man, he's a Marine and he'll wear his NASA shirt. I'm like, what's up? Propaganda King peddling that space bullshit again, Mike, and on, he's with his kid, you know, they're just looking at me. They're like, uh, and and he knows I'm joking, but it's, you know, I mean, at some point it's an escape. And it's easier to create an escape. And you want to bring this full circle to where we're at today and yeah. how, how Godzilla highlighted on this is very simple. If I can create a problem that's an escape, it doesn't have to have real facts or merits. It can just be an escape. If I can create that problem, I don't have to deal with the real problem and the real relationship of making positive change. In fact, I can... I can remove you from my life by being more and more ridiculous, by creating more and more factions, more and more slivers of ridiculousness. I can do that. And if I do that, guess what? I don't have to hear you. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to grow. 
and my community is at large, right? This is in the 1970s that I'd like to have the world to perfect Coca-Cola drink commercial. We don't yeah. want that, right? We want our specific group. We're special. Because I'm special, I get in this special group because I know more about this special group than you know about this special group. So I'm in this special, special group. And I'm itemizing myself and I'm giving myself cultural context that didn't exist before. And what happens with all of that is the destruction then of, 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 of awareness, education, and relationships that goes past the people that pat me on the ass and tell me I'm amazing or I'm smart or I'm part of a group that not everyone can be a part of. And it destroys it. It absolutely, positively, 1,000% destroys it. You know, uh, it, and we're okay with it because we're like, look, Tommy found his lane. Yeah, but then all you did was put Tommy in his lane. Yeah. You didn't take Tommy out and say, hey, Tommy, there's other lanes. And you may disagree with them, but if all these lanes come together, guess what? Now you're a community. And all those lanes come together, all those communities, now you're a state. Now you're a union. Now you're a republic. Now you are what that really weird document written with a feather was talking about. But it's about being different and at the same time, understanding that other people can be different as well and that's okay wear many hats like wear many hats and like i also see it be like own up to your privilege like i definitely know i can wear many hats because i had privilege as a kid like i was very lucky to be born in the family that i had like a lot of the work my parents put into getting me to function i don't know if i would have been able to work out in, in any other situation, especially at the time. Like, it's one of those things where I accept that, but I don't want to rub it into people's faces. I also can't ignore it because I also sit here being like, you know, something that I experienced in Korea was racism. Like, I've been denied cabs. I've been told that I'm ruining the country. I've been hit in the head with a bottle for taking a cab uh, by a Korean man because he was like, I'm tired of Americans always thinking that it's theirs. Wow. You know? that I've, I have, you know, it's one of those things. Cause I would meet people and they'd be like, I can't believe they treat us like this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm upset too. But what makes me have the big think is like, we're here in Korea complaining about stuff. And like, I can't go to the police when a guy wants to beat me up in a bar because I could lose my visa. I could lose my job. Like, I can't do that. But mm -hmm. I sit here being like, my first thought is we grew up in Charleston. If this is what I'm experiencing in Korea for being white, this is nothing compared to what being black in Charleston or in America in general. Like, this yeah, is fucking that's, bananas. Uh, that's like, a it's different a, dark, it's, dark it's, animal, uh, right? Like, you know, when I sit here being like, it's one of those things where it's like, I have this conversation with people where I'm like, I've experienced racism. Like, I, I have seen it. I have been, I you know, the last time I properly had it happen to me in Korea was I was at the bar at my local watering hole that I was at all the time. And I usually stayed till like, I, people always ask me, when do they close? And I'm like, they close when I leave. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I knew everybody so well. And like, I was with the bartenders because they were closing up. So I just have a few drink, a few more drinks with them. And we talk and this old Korean man came in, drunk as a skunk, ordered a drink. I'm at the end of the bar and he starts yelling at me in Korean about something. Uh, and I don't 
speak Korean. I speak enough Korean to get me home and order fees and some food. Um, and the bartender go, I was like, hey, what, what's he yelling about? Like, is he trying to get your attention or is he yelling at me about something? He's like, he's yelling at you about something. I'm like, oh gosh, it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning. My mom's word says nothing good happens after 1 p.m. And I'm like, fuck, I'm really not in the mood. It's a fucking Thursday. I just wanted a night out because I had a shitty day at work. And uh, this guy gets up and in broken English says he wants me out of Korea because Americans ruin everything. White Americans are the worst and Korea should not welcome me for destroying their country and culture. And then he tried to hit me and I moved. And luckily the owner of the bar, Eric, who I miss very much because Eric, he was a crazy old Ajashi, but he was my Ajashi. And Ajashi is the Korean term for uh, like grandpa. And Eric, if for some reason you fucking listen to this, I know you're not an Ajashi, but I'm going to call you my Ajashi because you are an Ajashi now because it's been a few years. <laughs> I know where you're at. Um, don't lie to me. And Eric like fought this guy for me. Uh, and then I saw the cops come and the cops took him away, but I had to sit there and not talk, not say anything, just finished my beer, paid my tab. And then I walked home in silence because I was like, I could lose my visa. Like I just sat there being like, I'm going to lose my fucking visa. Like I'm, I'm going to have to go back to America. I'm going to lose my job. Don Delio. Wow. there like i just i like the next morning i woke up went to work and every time my director asked me a question i jumped three feet in the air because i was just really worried because i was like i'm gonna lose my job because this guy this like they're gonna believe the korean guy like thank god eric spoke up for me and told sure. the cops like no this patron hit him first all that jazz whatever like it was you know it's a very surreal moment and it you know wrapping it back you know i just think about that quote from this movie like we're all people and like yeah people want to escape because right now things are not good we joked about yellowstone but Yellowstone could happen. Like there is a lot oh, of yeah. things in the there's a lot of stuff right now where it's a lot easier to escape and talk about anything but the problem. And it's 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 bizarro land. Like, you know, I laugh because the country's opened up, numbers are rising for coronavirus again, and everybody's like, oh, it's because of the protests. And it's like, no, you opened up more of a weekend and it, it we're America. We don't want to wear masks. We don't want to be contained. We want to live our lives. Like this is this this, this is my surprised face, as I say. Stone cold. <laughs> this is my surprise. <laughs> this is my surprised face that this is going on, and this is my layered surprised face that, of course, with the protests happening, people are saying, "Oh, that's why COVID numbers are coming up because everybody's going." It's like no, it's because every state treated it differently. Like I was in South Carolina. I am now in New York. It is crazy how different the two states are in handling the situation. And it's even crazier 
that we have a pan, like it feels like people are forgetting that we are in a global pandemic and people are like, oh, well, you know, Europe's doing better. And it's like, Europe is doing better because they actually took care of their people and started actually stopping things. Like people understood the greater good. But as we talked about, America is a cool country, but we are so varied in culture by just like the towns we live in. I mean, you're in Texas, like Austin, Houston, San Antonio, they, Dallas, they're all very different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Waco is super different. <laughs> when I drove through Waco, like, cause it's just, it's like crazy banana country land. Yeah. Because like everything's nuts and insane and different. Like you could be in Denver, Colorado, which is like progressive, liberal, hippie, buy your marijuana in the CVS town. And then you go three miles out and you're just like, you know, horses and rednecks, horses and cowboys, like, you know, and completely different culture. And we don't, and we get so upset when people speak about their culture, but you're like, no, like you can have this identity. Sure. That's fine. But right now, we're in a period where we got to think about the greater good. You know, like it's not just, it's not just another day in America. Like I have grown up and like we made a joke about this in the upcoming Kongsky Island episode. It was like, remember when Biden was a meme? Like remember when Trump was a throwaway Simpsons joke? Like, remember when, like, Mitt Romney could have been, like, the worst thing to ever happen to America? Like, remember when we thought these were, like, the John Kerry Bush election was intense politics as a kid for me. And now I look back at it, and I'm like, it was fucking patty cake compared to where we're at now. Because everybody's so connected. We're online. We're on fucking Zoom right now. We can have a conversation with pretty much almost anyone in the world right now. Yeah, we're connected, but we're disconnected, right? I mean, we're connected yeah. in the fact that there's instant access, but we're disconnected in the fact that we don't have that. We don't see um, a face. We don't see a face. We don't have that emotional connection. Um, and we, uh, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of misses when it comes to, uh, especially COVID-19 and, um, and the lack of, of, of personal it's, contact and, and, and where that fits in the heart and, and, and in the mental health of everything, right? But in, but in all the chaos, in everything that's going on, here's my challenge for you. What is a positive note you see out of, out, of, out of the darkness and the chaos and all that's happening? What's the phoenix rising that you see? For me, the phoenix rising, easy peasy. I love the fact that people are still listening to my show. I also like knowing that I am now apparently an entertainer. And I think this is great power. Like, I love the fact that I now know that people are listening to what I say. And of course, like, some people are sitting here being like, maybe you shouldn't talk about your politics on a monster movie podcast. And like I, like I told you, like, we made a joke on the Bay about coronavirus killing thousands of people in America because COVID hadn't happened yet in America. 
but then it did and thousands of people died and like I didn't know and we we discussed this last week and like you know in these episodes that people are going to hear like you know this Friday we have Velocipaster coming out you're not going to hear about the Black Lives Matter movement we're going to probably talk about COVID you're probably going to hear like weird COVID jokes or like 2020 can't get any crazier and we didn't know it could (laughs) yeah like you know we didn't know and I want people to know like it's not because you know I recorded it months ago like I recorded that episode in March um but that's also I mean sometimes well that's a good escape right no and and for me it was a great insight right and and giving perspective insight and it's funny because they're like time capsules but like I sit here being like I am so inspired by all my art friends by you by everyone who is creating right now and using their platforms to be like no we we really gotta work this out you know yeah like i just how crazy i want to change the protest format i do i want businesses to invite them imagine this like where you're at right in new york you pick a street or in dc right the black lives matter street they painted right Awesome. Yeah. But how dope would this be? And I really do mean this. You call up and you're like, hey, all right, so we got like we got seven bars, we got about eight restaurants. We're gonna theme them out. And we're gonna have talking points. So the center is the street, that's the protest. Kneel down, hand up, mask on, whatever you got going on. But then you have your talking groups and they're in the different restaurants and bars, and those restaurants and bars, like it's hey, it's protest is coming this Saturday, cleaning everything out, limited menu, we're gonna cut costs. It is just gonna be, you know what, kind of like almost serve yourself, keeping with health code, whatever that may be, right? Same thing with the bars, coffee shop. Imagine if they embraced it. So if, when you create fear, and you're like the writers are gonna come and they're gonna burn shit down. When you create that, right, then you start shutting shit down. You're shutting it down again for a different reason. Now the economy is hurt because of bad people, right? Yeah. Versus embracing it. I mean, just the mental shift of saying, if, if I told you, as a mayor, I can guarantee 20,000 people walking down Main Street, open up your businesses, you'd be like, fuck yes, where do I sign up? How much does it cost? And it- now we look at protesters and we're like, lock this shit up. I, are you done? It's almost dark. It's almost scary time. And then the rioters come in, this different group of people. Yeah. Leveraging just- that, that's the thing that's like the scariest thing about the protest. Like, sorry to interrupt. It's just yeah. it's something that I do want to say. It's, it, it's disturbing after the first weeks of the protests, what, they, what Minnesota said, where they're like, so it turns out that like everyone we arrested for rioting and looting and all that jazz, they're all tied in white supremacists. Like they were all hired, like they were hired protesters yeah. to cause shit. And it's just, you sit there being like that, that is like, I don't like using this word because I think humanity is so much better than this word, but that is some pure evil shit to like. Oh, I thought you were going to say cunt and I was like, I'm in. No. <laughs> Like that is like, no, Jason, that, that is like, like cartoon villains aren't that evil. No, they're not. Hiring people to, because they don't want their privilege gone. And you sit here being like, no one's taking the privilege. We just want people to be fucking equal. 
yeah, I can't believe it. this is a, this is a topic of conversation. It's fucking terrifying. But I'll bring it back to this because I, I want to end this on a, on a positive note. Yeah. Right? Because I, I, really, no. I want the artists, I want, I, want, I want people who listen to this and they're coming around and be like, okay, you guys, I get you, I hear you, I understand. And yep, that's true. Yeah, and I have and some so, plugs. We're going to do our plugs. So I got my two plugs here. My first plug is this, reinvent the protest. I believe I'm going to have all the power in the world. And I believe you want, you know, guess what? In a capitalist society, Right, and if this if capitalism is going to keep moving forward, and we think it probably is, then embrace it, and as we talked about earlier in this podcast, use it to fuck itself. So, yeah. organize, treat it like a pub crawl with your twenty thousand friends, and just go down and be like, "Listen, we're going to be here. You can either make money or board up. And if they board up, take your shit somewhere else." And then when the news goes, why are you doing it here? Because all these businesses wanted my business. They're going to support my views. I'm going to support their business. That's the one thing, right? Two, on the, on the local front, on the, on, on the sharing the love, um, we got, so, you know, I'd done this thing. Um, Austin, um, a couple of different groups had, uh, had emailed out their list of, um, of uh, minority-owned businesses, African-American-owned businesses, please support them. So I reached out to everyone I could on Instagram with kind of the same message. Yeah. And uh, Instagram after like 20 is like, shut up, bitch. We don't like spam. I'm like, I'm just trying to help. I wish, I wish AI could see the intent and read it and be like, hey, yeah. I could give you a free ad read on my podcast. And the reason I want to do this is because black lives do matter. Minority businesses do matter women in power do matter all these things matter so please and if you want to be a guest on my show and talk about where you're finding success where you're finding struggles what that looks like if you're that person and you want that i will give you the platform it's not the greatest it's not joe rogan shit it's not it's not arnold rogan his third cousin but it's still there yeah right it's it's the best i can do it's the thing that i know how to do so this one gal reached out to me altitudes right and she's like if you would please encourage others to share my gofundme page with their friends and followers right so you know um she goes in the early morning of june 1st the adjacent business to altitudes caught fire worst monday ever of course their furniture their clothing their accessories fire damage smoke what have you luckily we're fully insured but we all know how that goes Yet in the next few weeks, Altitudes will be closing as we move through the process of navigating through this tragedy. So no one, you know, insurance dragging their feet and everyone working from home and COVID and, you know, you've, you've got an accumulation of problems, which I, which I don't think, well, I, I, I'll, put, I'll be kind and say, I don't believe riders understand that when you go and destroy all these buildings, even if they're insured, the process to go from rent, insurance, and all, all these moving pieces, right, that is the capitalistic market that is disrupted, that hurts your community. And by community, I mean like the city of Los Angeles, not a district. What it hurts that area more than I think they realize. She goes, so if you could, please tell people to, to um, go to GoFundMe, you know, search Altitudes. It's gf.me forward slash u forward slash x7dp5n. You know, and you know, this young lady is just trying to get it back together again, right? She's trying to figure out a way to, that she had a successful business, the place next door burnt, and she's just trying to get back together again. And yeah. I respect that. I respect that hustle. I respect that drive. You know, she's moving her business. 
Um, you're in an economic depression. You've got riots and, and protests going on at the same time, sometimes in different areas, giving both, giving one, I shouldn't say, giving one a bad name and hiding the other under a good name. You know, these are crazy things. And here's this woman who's like, yeah, but I want to keep my business going. And for that, one, I applaud you. Two, hell yes, support this woman. Uh, she is, in fact, she's, she's right now, she just messaged me like I'm reading about you right now, young lady. <laughs> And it's on Instagram. It's at Altitude, which is A-L-T-A-T-U-D-E-S. So go check her out. Go check out her GoFundMe. Folks, if you can't give a dime, that's okay. Just send a nice message, man. Send yeah. a nice message. Be sweet. You don't, you don't always have to write a check. Sometimes people need a hug. Sometimes need a word of encouragement. And you don't know when that time is going to be. So just be positive and push that out there. Henry, yeah. what you got for me, bro? So um, lots – I have – a few plugs that I want to do. Get One it. of them um, is, again, I talked about Lisa a lot today. So Lisa, I hope you listen to this and I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope I did not overstep because Lisa Nafsinger is one of the best people I know. Um, she has been a big advocate for my work and I am a huge advocate for her work. Um, she's one of the best. And today she told me, she was like, you should start sharing this and I'm going to start sharing it on my platform, but I'm on here first. There is actually a thing called Creatives for Equality. Okay. And it is a site uh, with a shopping area. Um, and I'm just going to read it's about right now. Uh, welcome to the shopping area. Here you will find a number of pieces with various styles, different medias, and varying themes, with all profits being donated daily to the National Bail Fund. Uh, so you can go to Creatives for Equality. So that's uh, C-F-E-B-L-M dot squarespace.com uh you'll be sent to their shop area there are some amazing prints there are some original pieces uh pins uh my friend destiny uh aka kaiju hime has made a wonderful mothra piece uh that you can buy for 15 bucks wonderful print uh and all that money goes to the national bail fund and i th that's rad and again um if you want to help artists, my show, it came from Monster Movie and the movement. Uh, like I said, all our tea public profit that I get, half of that will go to- I got a sweatshirt coming, it's, even though it's 110 degrees. Right. <laughs> uh, it's gonna like, you know, I, I, I sit here being like, you know, and if, you, if you're on the cheap, there is a coupon code right now going on for the podcast um you can I get know it. i got that coupon code right after i got mine yeah i just right i just <laughs> made it but if you want it again the coupon code for 30 percent off your purchase on t public is uh dino june uh d-i-n-o-j-u-n-e i love it and uh if you use that you get 30 percent. but remember if you buy from my t public store there are official ICFAM podcast stuff, but I am a T Public curator now, all fancy pants, which means that if you see something on my store that does not have ICFAM podcast um, and says like someone else, like Robo7 or Ray Form or all these other great artists, not, and you purchase through the store, not only are you helping the show, um, you're also helping them. The artist gets their full commission for the piece. Um, which is my, has been my goal for my pod, podcast for 
since its conception was I wanted to make a platform where people can talk about their experiences, talk about their passions through monster movies um, and help them. Uh, like, it's great that I'm at this status. Like, I remember getting the email from T Public. They were like, we were so happy that like, we listened to your show. We love what you do. And we were so happy to hear that you had your own T Public store already. So like, again, guys, like if you purchase merch from our store, it will help me because I need help. And, and hey folks, fun. FYI, real quick, I got, you know, out of respect, Henry, I got the Godzilla sweatshirt. Um, it's awesome. I'm excited to get it. Yeah. As it's on the way, I'm excited. And it's, it was 104 in Austin. So this is how good, good the job, art bud. is. In case you're wondering how good the art is, you forget about anything else that's going on in the world. You're like, I, I want that one right there. That's how good it is. And, and remember, that, you can also get them as masks. Uh, you can get any of the designs as masks. And if you get them at masks, T Public actually donates a medical grade mask uh, to uh, the relief, uh, national relief, I think, during the COVID crisis. So, like, not only could you be helping a podcast, artists, the Black Lives Matter moment, but you could also be helping hospitals dealing with the COVID crisis and making sure that medical expenses are going all through T Public. Also, T Public is actually making the announcement, has made the announcement that they are making a large donation um, to the Black Lives Matter movement as well. Um, so if you want to like save money and hit like helping artists, helping <laughs> podcasts, helping Black Lives, helping you know, there's a part of me that sits here being like, ah, I feel so capitalistic telling, <laughs> telling just, people, like, if you buy stuff, you're helping all these people. What but at I the same time, you? that is, that is like, if I'm going to use capitalism, I would rather make sure that capitalism is helping more than just me. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like, I know that might sound like really weird and like maybe a poor business model, but like, I'm in a position where I really can't, go to a protest. It will not go well for me. Uh, and that's not because I don't believe in the cause. I do. I really do. But I am going through my own stuff and I got, I can't, I can't throw myself into fire right now. Sure. Like I, I, I got to take care of me first and foremost, but I'm not like, I, I remember just sitting there like when that all happened and I'm like, I cannot sit on the sidelines for this. Cannot, will not. And that's why like, you know, now and for the, future time every it came from a monster movie podcast is going to open up with me pretty much telling people buy our stuff so i can donate money to the black lives matter movement like it's not like people are like you make these changes now but what's going to really change is if you stick with it and like i'm going to live by that like i'm i'm tired of this i'm tired of this being a thing every three years because it just you gets worse to, and worse and worse. You have to stick by it. You have to. You, you know, got to stick by it. Like, I can't, I can't, I, I can't, as a podcast, I, like, I, I am in people's ears. I cannot, I cannot do it. I cannot be quiet about it. I got to be, like, this is something I'm, I am passionate about what's going on because of monster movies. If I'm going to put this whole thing in full circle, like, yeah, this is where we're, this is the route we're going. Sure. Um, so, like, there's that plug where it's like you go to my store on t public which is just ikfam merch store there's if you go to our instagram at ikfam uh, Ik podcast or twitter 
there's a link tree. You can go to that. There's also, on, actually, also on our link tree, our first link is a wonderful Google document about all the things you could do to help with the movement. Um, nice. uh, you know, where you can donate bail money, where you can donate for charities or fundraisers or all sorts of stuff. Uh, it was a resource I learned for, through my friend Sammy Amounts. Um, really great resource. Like, you know, it's there. It's, you know, and I challenge you and I like same with Jason, like you, he and I both talk a lot. Like if you didn't know the movie's been done for another like <laughs> 40 minutes again, but like, you know, it's why I like being on Jason's show because, you know, I finally get to be like, I don't get to do my, you know, grading or anything. I can just like watch a movie and talk, sh shoot the shit. That's but, right. Like, That's what it's about. I sit here being like, Jason and I have these little hokey pokey film podcasts. There are a lot of hokey pokey film podcasts, tons of them. And why I like being on Jason's show and why Jason, I think, likes my show. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. But like, not only are we talking about movies, but we're promoting people. We're, we're, we're showcasing the experience that is humanity. And right now, I want to make sure that not only am I showcasing the best of humanity or what I consider the best of humanity, but also like putting it into practice, showing that when people say, oh, I'm just one person, I can't make change. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You can buy a shirt. And then that profit goes to me, goes to the artist you bought it from. And then half of that, what goes to me goes to the Black Lives Movement. And if you add a mask to that order, you also help with the COVID crisis. You're, you literally help lives that way from just buying a shirt or buying multiple shirts or buying a pillow. If someone buys a pillow, I will, I will go over the moon. I don't know what I'll do if someone tags me for one of the pillows because I actually make sure the pillow designs are really cool because <laughs> all the designs can be pillows some of them can be notebooks some of them can be wall art you can make them into anything mugs like i have and it came from a monster movie coffee mug they're great they're really cool mugs like they're really it's really cool that i can now look at my t public page and go i'm helping artists i'm helping things i believe in and I get to give myself a little bit of revenue because this person's never going to listen to this fucking podcast or whatever, but like, I'm going to be out of work by the end of the summer because of my current situation. So I'm going to have to like, I, people might, why half? Cause like, I know some podcasts are doing their TV public page and giving all of it. I can't afford that. I can't realistically, I can't afford that, but I'm not, you know, I don't consider it half ass. I just sit here being very proud saying like, I get to help me. I get to help my beliefs. And I get to help the people I care about. What else does an entertainer want? What else does a creative person want? Like Jason, I know you feel great plugging in your local breweries, your friends, the people you put on through the show because then people learn. And that's what you and I have been talking about all day. It's just like, we want people to hear and learn and take something out and just fucking start a conversation that's exactly. real and genuine like you know and don't don't think oh we can't break this cycle two if two 
caterpillars can beat a fire-breathing nuclear hurricane of a dinosaur we can do by it. using silk thread why can't we win i mean i and i would say this our fantasy theme our whole origin story of humanity of our heroes some believe are real some believe are fake it is inconsequential but every story has a david and goliath aspect and guess what america we're in our david and goliath round seven right and it's time for us to instead of say the problem's too big and too real is to step up and maybe that you know i believe it's large and small shows like what we do step up and say no 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 we're not doing this all right we're here this is real and we're going to hold ourselves and the people around us accountable to the changes and the ideas being fostered that above all else let's not get it twisted above all else quality love and compassion for the people that you're going to say and others are going to say not you your you, know, you but others are going to say they're different when really we're all the same man we all got the same blood pumping through us we're raised differently we see the world differently but that means we solve problems differently and that's a beautiful thing exactly whatever you said because i definitely did not lose internet connection and missed like <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes of that speech. I agree with that for Jason just said. Um, no, completely, but, 100%, whatever you just said. I was I'm talking all, all good it. things about you, so how dare you, sir? Stop doing that, because I cried the last time you did that. <laughs> I was on a fucking walk. Um, Great. No, also, yes, please. I actually have one more plug that Get I think it. is a very important plug, because I thought about it while I was yelling at my computer to keep the internet on. My friends who listen to Jason's show today, or if they listen to Godzilla. Like, I know you're listening. I know you're on Instagram. I know you're on Twitter. I know you have ways. I know some of you have been on my podcast and I've made you able to humble brag about your work and I've made you able to talk about movies that make you question why you go on my show in the first place. <laughs> but if you listen to today's episode and you like what Jason does. Message him, pick a movie, talk with Jason, oh, talk about your stuff. Because the thing is, like, like I said to Haley, Mothchild CC, for my episode recently for Red Riding Hood with fucking Gary Oldman and Amanda Seyfried, when, directed by the woman who made tw the first Twilight movie. Talk about werewolves and politics. For the love of God, talk about werewolves and politics. Like, now I sit here being like, that might be my next shirt. Werewolves and politics. Werewolves and politics. Let's talk about werewolves and politics. Because, like, I know so many of you who are listening because I've, like, been like, can you go listen to this, please? And, like, tell me what you think. And, like, I'm sitting there cunningly like, Haha, I have a message for you right now. Message Jason. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He's a lovely guy. He responds quickly. He's not going to say no because he loves having people on this show. I love being on this show. It's a good time. And all of you are such clever shits. Like, so much smarter than me. It's why I have you on my show. 
so you guys could bring in your perspectives because a lot of you have made me look at something and go like, oh my God, something I would give a solid five is actually like a three. Like I love, this is why I love my show because I love being like, I thought it was a solid five. And then they're like, Henry, that was a two at best. <laughs> and I'm like, let's talk about it because I need to explain, someone needs to explain to me why I think it's great and you think it's not great. Let's go for it. Cause I love that. Sure. But like my show does have a structure and it has to abide by that structure. Cause that's my whole, gimmick grading movies so they're accessible to people who don't care for monster movies go on jason's show talk to shit go ramble on about whatever like i sit here being like Haley, if you are listening to this this man will watch twilight with you and you could go nuts with and whatever that's the you want thing. to talk about i will watch stuff i wouldn't watch i you know i was not and i don't know if i am or not a godzilla fan but i can tell you this Every movie you've told me to watch that I've been able to, you know, that I get to watch before we do these, I've enjoyed. Yeah. Because I'm hearing you from listening to your podcast. So I'm hearing you and your excitement. And I'm just like, oh shit, I wonder if this is a point. You know, it's kind of like the Mothra thing. It's like, hey, I got to bring up, is she a monster? Because she's not a monster. She's a god. So I'm confused. Those things, I just want to have those conversations because it's going to make me enjoy new movies better. And more importantly, because I have a kid, it's going to make me be able to explain movies to her better and give her a history behind why something's there. And the only reason I can do that is because I listen to podcasts like yours, because you, because you take the time to come on this goofy show where there's no structure and we're, we're yeah. interrupting each other and there's excitement in the movie. And there's you and I cannot be in the same room together. Cause we just talk like <laughs> the movie guys, we're in like hour two the movie's been done. Like, it's gonna have your mom it's, just it handing, feels like the, the producer is where it's like us. the show's done like go home like yeah. go go we got like someone's gotta go home someone's uh, gonna hang up the phone like listen damn it no and i um but um seriously man uh and i said it and i do mean it you're welcome anytime uh, i love your insights on, on film i really do i love your cultural insights as well and you know i think it's it's important that uh that people see that, you know, we're, these are, as unique as your problem is, you're not unique. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, no. that everyone's got problems and guess what? It's cool to talk about them, but it's also better to, after talking about them, being proactive and figuring out a positive spin or attribute on it. And, and then also holding ourselves accountable for the reason why we had the conflict in the first place, right? So it's like yeah. those growth cycles that, man, we do so well with raising dogs and, and, and telling little kids this, but we don't do it ourselves. And from this podcast to yours and the million others that are out there that, that just wanna talk about these issues um, and have some fun with it. One, I applaud you guys too. I challenge anyone, you know, have the conversations, not because you wanna win, the conversation, not because you want to be right. Have the conversation because you want to learn about the people you're hanging out with. You want to learn about them. Yeah. And if someone says something that makes you uncomfortable, tell them, hey, that makes me a little uncomfortable. And see what they like, do. You know, yeah. Be like, hey, that was a bit racist. Hey, that was a bit sexist. Hey, that was a bit homophobic. Yeah. If they say, no, it's not. Then you can say, cool. You know what? It's been fun. I recently had to do this to one of my best friends growing up with him. All that jazz. 
and last year I was going through a lot and he was actually not a very supportive friend and he made me feel very awful about some certain things and just I've been learning more stuff about things that he's done I'm not going into the details because that's his journey but like I was like you know what why are we friends like why do I have to put up with this like because I've known you since sixth grade dude I've known you since sixth grade and it's disappointing that you think this way and we've talked about it but if you're going to keep thinking this way and keep saying this shit I want to hold you accountable for it and what that means is I'm out I don't want this like if I I keep telling you I don't want this like people feel so entrapped because they care and it's like no if people you care about are saying shit and are ignoring you and disrespecting you or saying it's not a problem it's a problem hey man i i think it's real simple and it's very very simple you Be can't awful. care about other people you cannot care about other people if you don't care about yourself you mm-hmm. can't right you can't and it's, I mean, I, I wish it was more complex. I wish there was, there was a caveat and there was a twist and there was a jump that could circumvent some of the issues. It's very, and, and it's hard to care for yourself. It's hard to love yourself. It's, it's hard to, um, it's easier to put that energy into somebody else because if the mood is right, if the opportunity is right, you can see that, that energy grow, right? And it feels yeah. good. And it's, um, you know, whereas uh, putting it in yourself, it, um, you don't, you don't see the instant response or gratification because it's you giving you love and compassion. And that's the hardest part. Um, you know, that said, it's, it's up to us to decide what challenges we're going to make, what we're going to take on, what we're going to do. You know, somebody, some, it's as, it's as difficult as just putting out there, hey, Black Lives Matter. Um, for you and I, it's, the challenge of, of bringing everyone else a run up with us saying, Hey, let's, let's all make a voice about this, a voice that's going to live on the internet forever. Uh, not because, not because it. I'm a social justice warrior and I want some credit because I don't, yeah. but because I want to help in any way I can, because I can't imagine what you go through on a daily basis. I can't imagine uh, what you feel um, in, in what's happened and the way that that your race and culture has been treated in this country and it's bothersome and it's bothersome not to a point of you know hey beaver you know we got we gotta we gotta fix this it's bothersome to the point that it is amazing to me the fear and the dissent that comes with your honest protest of just wanting equality and it makes me question really um you know what i haven't done in this world uh in my you know over 45 years on this planet what i haven't done uh, and how disappointed i am and then what i have to do now it's like good i need that extra motivation to instill more things in my daughter that are going to make her better than and i think doing i think things. the best way to end this to just sum up is just to quote the movie just Do as it. you distrust us, we, so we distrust others as well. That's wrong. We're all human. As humans, we're responsible for each other. We are related. 
refuse us and you abandon your brothers. You must learn, to, we must learn to help each other. And I think after all this time of us gabbing about all sorts of things, we must learn to help each other. And we've told you, we've given you guys the resources on how to do that. It's up to you. I've now literally told all my friends who listen to this episode that they can call Jason and talk to him about stuff. Then so you can, and I'll respond. I just... Yeah, I really, really hope that happens. Because I think more people need to get their voices out. Yeah. I think so we've be- got to learn. We've got to have I a think, conversation. I think it's a, it's a beautiful way to end the show. Uh, Henry, as always, man, uh, I appreciate the time. I appreciate you and all the yeah. you for the artist community and everything else. Love you, brother. Be good. You need anything? Me too, Jason. You always know how to find me. Yep, you are getting my text messages, right? I am messaging the right phone number. I didn't get a text message. No. Cool. I have been texting someone crazy then. <laughs> or you gave me the wrong number. I will. I will DM you right now. My number again. Because I was like, this motherfucker told me that he would message me back, and he messaged me back on Twitter and all that jazz, and he I doesn't did. message me back on text messaging. Let me see here. Did I? I wonder. The, oh, I was about to read out your phone number. Let's episode. let's not do that quite yet. <laughs> hey Although guys, if you want to, if you someone, have complaints. Oh yeah, no. Whoops. That's a. It's three nine four, not two nine four. Good job, buddy. I'm, so, I'm such an asshole. I'm so sorry. Hey, folks. This is called listening and learning. All right. When you have big fat hands and you don't type and you're dyslexic. And then you're like, look how happy and supportive I'm being. Guess what? You're not. (laughs) I've been texting you for like a fucking week. (laughs) God damn it. You got to message me and be like, asshole, do you get text messages? I just, I was like, I'm busy. He's busy. I'll talk to you. No, I didn't get one. Shit. I'm glad, I'm good. We're, I'm glad we're happy. Not perfect in any way, shape, or form. This it's is always like, a pleasure to be on this film, even though you get the wrong fucking phone number. <laughs> <laughs> it's a three. Yeah. Nine four nine three nine. All right. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> He's gonna text me right now while we're recording. Like, listen, no. Let's make sure this is real in front of everybody and God. This better be real, because if I know this is you. Yeah, 484. <laughs> Got you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make sure before I sent that next message. I had to, we should I had close, to make sure. We should have closed the podcast with that caption right there. Have a good night, everybody. Godzilla vs. The Thing, 1964. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go listen to my show. I've said it's enough. Go look it up. It's We're funny. We have a good time. Jason, shut this fucking thing. I've shut it down. I love you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah.